I'm Don DeLorente. I'm Dee Janae. I'm Magnum Prime. And we're the host of the WrestleCast. You can catch us right here on the CSPN each and every Friday as we provide your pro wrestling commentary with color. The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. And welcome to a very messed up intro of the comic book chronicles. I'm giving uh, Roddy Cat some time to fix whatever he's working on with extended applause. Well, nothing I can do about that now. It is what it is. Um, but. I am your host, Roddy Cat. You can find me at Roddy Cat on Twitter. You can also find me at News News Need on Twitter. Uh, CB Caps on Instagram. I hate you. <laughs> Come up with a better alternative. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And the man you just heard, the man with the sound effects, is probably going to get me killed one of these days. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> that, you know what? I could probably think of worse ones to 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 to, to pull, but you know we won't even go there. Agent underscore seventy on Twitter and Instagram. We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. We're Brooklyn. What's up, everybody? So jealous. He's got that that that. But he's from Brooklyn. What are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, you, you just can't deny it. When the planet speaks, you got to answer. You got um, Not with us tonight is PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter. PopCultureNet on Twitter. PopCultureNetwork.com and his umbrella site therein. And, of course, the Osiris of this ish. Tim, D-O-G-G-9-8 on Twitter. Uh, CB Cron on Twitter, that is the uh, Combo Chronicles uh, account on Twitter. The Click Nation on Twitter, that's D K L I Q N A T I O N, and theclicknation.com. And of course, Combo Resources, where he's over there writing his face off. There was something I forgot to do prior to this, but you know what? We're going to see if we're going we're gonna... to. We're gonna skirt this. Uh, as normal, you can find this here program on the podcast network CSPN. That's called Slow the Podcast Network, CSPN.us. Do it today. And you can also find us on Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts. And one of these days, I'm gonna have to stop doing one of the other. Um, Spotify and the Cold Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. Because iTunes is dead. Long live iTunes or whatever the hell they're doing over there right now. <laughs> um, we we bring come to you live every Thursday night, which is something I sometimes neglect saying at the top of the show, except when we have um, you know, movie protocol or the like, which we will be talking possibly talking about later on. 
9.30ish p.m. Thursday, Eastern Standard Time, or Eastern Daylight Time, whichever it is. Uh, but as we will do, and we tend to do, we're going to get into this week's books, starting with Amazing Spider-Man number 32. Right, so we are coming off of uh, the cliffhanger ending of the previous issue that revealed, spoiler alert, that one Miguel O'Hara, a.k.a. Spider-Man of 2099, is back in the present in his old costume. So he did. So I was, okay. So I wasn't crazy. He did have a different costume. It was white and red. Right. Okay. So I never really read that that all that last volume. When they tried or, to relaunch, right? When when they tried to relaunch the book with uh, Miguel O'Hara in the present. Right. He had adventures in the present in the wake of Spider Verse, and they gave him a new suit, but eventually sent him back to the future, and. Um, <laughs> Exactly. And um, they restored him to his uh, former status quo. But in this issue, right, in this issue, we see that his return to our time has uh, set off uh, a seeming chain reaction of events with uh, Roxxon, because, you know, it's Roxxon. Yeah, you know, his whole origin is tied with, with, uh, with that group. Yeah, and um not to not to get ahead of it, but apparently um you know, he's he's pretty much in this issue well cuz he came back a couple of issues ago but because they kind of veered off for uh, uh absolute carnage they're going to unless they brought it up then you know during those two issues, but I doubt it. Um you know, they kind of veered away from that and then come we're coming back to it now. Oh, I think that's what I'm remembering because I blocked out absolute carnage in my memory. Oh no! Hell for freeze on that one because I mean there was a book out this week, but yeah. So yeah, um, but he's back and um, got himself into a spot of trouble. And uh, like I said, not one to go directly to the end, but um, kind of found himself in a in a way um, uh, at the end of the book, at the end of this issue. Absolutely. To which I'm like, well, we've seen like, is this like, we've we've seen things that happens to, to happen to Spider Folk before of similar things, but given his predicament going, you know, uh, during the midst of this issue, I'm like, is he is is, is everything okay? Right. I guess we'll, well, obviously we will find out next issue, but like, huh, like, that doesn't sound like that 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 went all right for him. No, not in the least, not in the least. And uh, with regards to the title character of the book, what yeah. amazing Spider-Man. We actually see him do a lot of stuff in this issue, unlike the Absolute Carnage crossovers. Uh, we have Spidey interacting again with a character that Nick Spencer has reintroduced, has introduced into this title after she uh, reappeared in the Friendly Neighborhood title. Which is you know, the Friendly Neighborhood, the spectacular title that predates right. uh, the Friendly Neighborhood title. Which is interesting because I know, like, there have been books that have been like, uh, well, hey, there's certain things happening in this corner of the universe with, you know, especially with that, uh, specifically that Doctor Doom book from what last week, and a couple other places where of a specific place where this character's from gets mentioned, 
which right. you, if you you'll find that like there's another the reference to another character that kind of stuff happens. So you like so you feel like there are seeds of things happening, but in this issue, this character comes back up with a nice little entrance as this as this character tends to do when they right. pop in. Right. And I've rung the spoiler bell, so we can absolutely refer to this character by name. We are referring to Teresa Parker, Peter's sister. Oh, <laughs> nice. Very funny. <laughs> but no, what we are really talking about, she, although she does appear in this in this book, um, we are talking about one Silver Sable. That's another person that is returning from the depths of wherever they've been. <laughs> right, but but that's what I was who I was talking about because sure. You know, yeah. So, um, with 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 regards to what's happening in that part of the story, there was some great. Uh, banter between Heidi and one of the villains in this Teresa Parker storyline. I'm not familiar Uh, with that person. He is a longstanding, very minor villain who is exact, who's doing exactly what he has done in the past, very much espionage related Mm -hmm. uh, things. And um, if I'm not mistaken, he ran. He used to run around in a purple jumpsuit, but I could be wrong. I'd have to take a look. Uh, maybe Google that. But sure. it was pretty. Paladin would have to be the only one, right? It was pretty fun to see. Um, uh, Patrick Gleason. Welcome, Patrick Gleason, to the Amazing Spider-Man art team. And uh, it was fun to see, uh, Mr. Gleason basically have a ton of fun in uh his fight choreography in this issue yeah uh, the one thing i thought was i didn't i didn't think about it until it got to speak you're speaking of the um the banter between uh spidey and the foreigner yes um that first panel when they first started talking where where spidey's kind of walking away and he's got his head kind of tilted i was like hey what what's going on that's kind of weird i mean it's not weird for spidey but it's also weird to see because it doesn't normally happen like that so I kind of had to look and say, "All right, <laughs> um, um, Ali's not doing this book anymore." <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and also the, um, you know, if if you read to the end of the book, you know, there, there's a nice little welcome to Patrick uh, in the letters page, yes. or you know, heading the letters page, along with some stuff there, um, stuff for the future. Hint, ha ha ha. Yes, exactly. No. Exactly. Yeah. That's Nick Lowe. Or is that Nick Spencer? That was... I want to say that was Nick Lowe. Okay. Because it's yeah. only signed Nick, so I'm right. guessing it's... Yeah, because he, he, he mentioned Spencer, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. I, I believe that's right, but I don't know. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to assume it's... Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's from editorial. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so... And that you know, along with being a welcome to Patrick, it also, like I said, there's not necessarily foreshadowing, just mentioned some stuff that is going going to be happening in the Spidey books. Right. Uh, upcoming as a little event, which has to do with what happens in this issue, starting off, actually. Exactly. And uh, continuing in our spoiler vein, it's not really because it's been teased in upcoming solicitations. If you're not familiar with what is upcoming in the Marvel Universe, one of the crossover events is going to be related to and we've talked about it in the news before mm-hmm. the 2099 line because of uh some serendipity uh with regards to the 80th anniversary of marvel comics right yeah it's been a minute since we brought that up like the i mean obviously we brought up 2099 because the when when 
you know, Miguel first showed up, you know, right. coming into this book. Uh, the last, was the last issue? No, it was, like two no, it was a few issues back. Yeah, like two or three issues ago. So we mentioned it then, and then obviously there was news around that prior to that. So this is pretty much uh, starting that engine. Sure. And starting off pretty nicely, actually. I mean, you know, we don't know, like, we know what's going to, how they're going to do that stuff, but we don't know what it's all going to fully entail. So we just know that 2999 is coming back, just like every other uh, event slash, um, you know, corner of the Marvel Universe at some point. Right. Right. And you can't fault them because of the, 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 I hate to, uh, it, it invoke the, uh, beloved Craven storyline, but it's not fearful symmetry, but it's beautiful symmetry. Hmm. Yeah. In, in cases like some of it's slightly groan inducing, but some of it's actually been done to great effect so far. I mean, you know, there's some like, why are you going back to this again? I, why? There's, there's no reason for it. Some would say Atlantis attacks, like we talked about last week, but except we, that one actually makes a little sense. I mean, uh, given what's going on, and I'm sure, right. and obviously planned, but yes. But I'm just saying, I was like, you know what? There's there's some events you could just leave right there. Now, if they plan on doing siege again, I don't know. I'm, I'm I, I depending on how they do it, I might be slightly upset or not. I don't know. Because like I said, there ain't that many they they have left to go back to. Like they've done Secret Wars a couple of times. They've done Civil War twice. Right. <laughs> um, you know, the Beyonder hadn't come back, but hey, that's only a matter of time. Um, you know, they oh, they're doing, yeah, they're doing 20, oh, wow. Iron Man twenty twenty. Right. Yeah. I mean, they've hinted at all onslaught for heaven's sake, but hopefully that's never going to come back. All right. Um, so, yeah, this, this, we'll see. But we're getting off slightly off track here. Uh, but I think that's pretty much rings out uh, Amazing Spider Man. Yeah, no, it was a lot of fun. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I dig Patrick Gleason on art in this issue. It's a lot of fun to pick through his panels and look at, like I said, look at the fight choreography, which is which is cool. Slash, you you are on record as not really caring that much about his uh, yeah his art on this book. No, I mean no, no, no real offense intended, but I wasn't exactly hunting down Ryan Otley's autograph at any cons that he might have been at. So, mm. which you know, Otley does good work for some stuff. You know, like not every every artist is going to be, you know, good right. for every book exactly. So it's it's nothing against him. It's just that yeah, you know, maybe. Some would some would argue mix match mix, you know. Anyway, on to the next spider related book of the week, uh, which is Amazing Spirit Mary Jane's Mary Jane number one. I should have um, pulled a I should have pulled a, a, a Cypress Hill clip. <laughs> oh Shout out to nineties hip hop! Thank God we grew up in the right era. All right. <laughs> so so the the premise in this is spilling out of the pages of the amazing spider-man where uh mysterio so is, hang on before you before you go any further i want you, i want to read off my notes and i want to see how, how, if you agree with it um mj's doing a joker movie about mysterio and has some obvious concerns even if she's only even if she only knows half of it the credits because you know that could hold the one page. Uh, 
there is some real crafty fourth wall-ish breaking type breaking going on here, but I'm digging it. You know, MJ is far from home. <laughs> and I'll stop right there. Stop right there. So I don't know. What you think? I like I like this. I had a lot of fun with this. I was pleasantly surprised by this book. I am not afraid to admit that. I had reservations coming into this book that were well-founded, I think, because they're kind of referring to what you were mentioning earlier about the whole 80th anniversary thing and how they're sort of throwing a million things at the wall to see what sticks. I was afraid this was going to be one of them. I am pleasantly surprised to report that Leah Williams knocked this out of the park. And I don't know where Gomez has been. I don't think this is the um, current major league outfielder who... um, who normally goes by the nickname Gogo Gomez, but um, okay, yeah, he's uh, he's he's had an up and down career. He used to play for the Mets. Um, you know, that's how I you know that's how I'm familiar with him. But sure. um, and he used to be a, a he was a former All Star for a few seasons. But in any event, um, Carlos Gomez's art and I didn't have a chance to look this up before, but the art is a revelation. And that's no joke. It's sharp. It's sharp. It's definitely Todd Nock influenced from what I, I can think. I was thinking of someone else, but I can't think of who that person was, who I'm thinking about. It's somebody who's been on Spider-Book fairly recently. I want to say, who's who's the one from the neighborhood art? Uh, wait, you mean very recently? Yes. On Friendly Neighborhood? Yes. Uh... It slightly reminds me of that, but it may not be totally the case. I don't know. But it does, it's definitely reminiscent of somebody I wouldn't think of Knock, though. Well, there's some places where Knock is definitely evident, but um, with, but with regards to just the, the, the layout and the fact that this artist, that, 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 that Gomez actually does uh, believable backgrounds of a movie set, it's, yeah. pretty, it's pretty impressive. Um, but getting back to the story that we were referring to, uh, you know, that uh, the events of this issue spin out of uh, what happened in Amazing and uh, MJ is on set filming a new movie, the Mysterio movie, and Mysterio has his plans. And as uh, Roddy Cat mentioned, it, uh, it, it may very well be um, kind of a riff on uh, what's happening in the real world right now with this Joker movie. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because she comes to, which I didn't think they were going to, well, I guess you, so this book is only five issues. So I guess they were going to have to use some kind of speed in, in getting somewhere else to it. So, but outside of the fact that it is spinning off of stuff that is um, out of a plot that is um, kind of hadn't been brought up in a minute and amazing, um, you know, this is pretty much her, her, her side of venture with, I assume, what's, what's going to go on with that. That's going to feed back into amazing. Um, and she finds out really quickly who's behind, or at the very least, who's directing uh, said movie, and it's not the actual director who it's supposed to be, but you know, right, but the 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 subject of the movie. So, so, so oh, yeah, they didn't drag. Yeah, they definitely did not drag out that particular mystery. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I knew, you know, and Mary Jane, Mary Jane's usually quick on the on the ball, so eventually she was going to find this out. But it's like, okay, just just went ahead and just throw it out there, All right? <laughs> 
fine. Hey, at the end, yeah, I was, I was going to say ultimately what uh, what we have is a pretty interesting um, working relationship between yeah. the characters moving forward. Yeah. She has affected the movie in a positive way, which also which what which brings me back to the whole fourth wall breaking thing because there was some of the stuff that they were talking about. You know, kind of goes back to not only. Uh, movies, and they, they were talking about how a specific character was being written, but they're you could, one would argue they could be talking about the way they're written in the comics also. Sure. So, yeah. and I'm sure, and I know there was a, there's been an already at least one article talking about that much um, out there, so it's it's definitely, it was, it was definitely a good read. I, I enjoyed it, you know, and you know, given some of the issues in the past um, of Amazing that have featured Mary Jane, you know, even though it's a, it's a miniseries, I'm like, you know what? Hey, she could, you know, given the way she had been writing written recently and for quite a while, she could hold, a, you know, a book again. Maybe it oh. may or may not be ongoing. Because uh, fans will remember she's had, I think there were also miniseries back in the back, but they were written more like teen... Right, those are versions, yeah. different versions, not present day versions. Right, they were like Mary Jane. Teen, yeah, like teen kind of almost romancy versions of um of Mary Jane, which um brings me to something that also had my notes was like the the pajamas that she had on, and I don't know why this is this kind of picture interest. It kind of seemed like a throwback to something, but I just can't remember what it is. Like I feel like there's been a shot of her in those particular that particular set that's been either on a cover or something that was kind of prominent. Oh, probably a G. Scott Campbell uh, cover. Mm, probably. Yeah. I, would, uh, I thought it was the one of those Mary Jane books, but I went and did some research on that part, and I was like, "No, nah, it's not. It's not those." So I gotcha. Regardless, uh, we, and and just to wrap um, on the book, we have a nice little cliffhanger at the yeah. end of the issue. It's a reveal that is also spinning straight out of the pages of Amazing. So this. I guess there's enough happening in the amazing title right now that this deserves its own little miniseries as opposed to being a secondary storyline in the amazing book. And to be fair, it's not far off from what they've done fairly recently, especially with that like Craven the Hunter stuff where they had the like the other the, the point one issues. Right. So it's a more fleshed out version of that. So I think this is actually uh, uh, this is a. a, a a, a pretty good execution of this as opposed to regulate re- relegating it actually to uh be plot status it's just off on its own for five issues which i think will give it some room to breathe and hopefully we'll get a good five issue series out of this i'm looking forward to this now yeah truly and hey we, we i mean i'm sure this artist has been around we found another great artist that could possibly take on a, um some more work sure definitely could use it you know just just Dude's good. Um, I wanted to point out, like, the, um, you can't see it off, off of here, but I'm holding up, uh, if you're watching the video, I'm holding up my iPad to a certain uh, certain page. And on this page is, like, the, 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 the I guess it's a splash page where they're, where they're um, you know, they talk about, they, they, they give the credits or whatnot. But it says, a fantastical science fiction epic from Marvel Comics, the publisher that brought you Amazing Spider-Man number 42. Uh, the Infinity Gauntlet, Daredevil, Born Again, and Spider-Man Loves Mary Jane, which was one of the books that Mary Jane had back in the day that we're talking about. Right. Uh, I kind of find kind of find the music that they 
they took those. They 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 um that that's what they used for this. Like it's right. it's in the it's made out like a um a poster for a movie. So obviously that is something. But the fact that they used those particular um books and events may not mean anything, but I thought I found it kind of interesting that they did. So now, uh, that being the case, next what up, was, what, what was, I'm, I'm just Googling it now. What happened in Amazing 42? That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, who knows? I don't know. And I guess you had to wonder which volume also. Ah, that's a good question. That's a good point. I went immediately to the first volume. Right. Because you don't know, because, you know, unless that was when, no, because she had been, she had been introduced well before that. But yeah, that's what, that was the thing I was thinking about. I was like, why would you bring that specific issue up? No, 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 no. This was her introduction. Okay. So it just was that, that uh, cut and dry. Okay. This is the fated tiger you hit the, just hit the jackpot sure. issue. Okay, I figured it was before that. But and again, uh, you kind of figured... You were right. Like, I was going to say your hey. instinct was right. Yeah, your right. instinct was right. You just had to uh, confirm this. Right. But um, that was, yeah. But those other ones were was like Infinity Gauntlet. Like I like that. Um, like I like that miniseries, but I'm not sure what that has. You know, and the you know Dead Over Born Again is whatever it is, which I don't think I've ever read that. But I'm not a big Dead Over fan, so I mean they may not may may not may may or may not have any direct ties outside of that first one. No, I was no. Which one? Actually, no, because uh, uh, actually no. Born was was that called Born Again? Oh wait, hang on, because Duggan's writing this book, isn't he? I believe he is, and he wrote Infinity Gauntlet. No, this Lee written Ruby Lee Wilson. Never mind. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. So that was that was. Um, I don't know. I felt yeah, like it's interesting. Now you're going to make me look this up afterwards. <laughs> you know, like in the in the aftermath of our show, we're we're going to have some research to do to figure out how all of this stuff ties together into does, this yeah. book. Because so. I I believe that Born Again might be related to uh Kevin Smith's run on Daredevil because that's where Mysterio came in. Okay. But I don't remember that storyline being called Born Again because that that uh that you know that that obviously is a refer- reference to uh Daredevil's story against the Kingpin, you know, with Nuke and uh I don't remember Mysterio being related to that. Uh see, Born Again is Exactly. I was going to say, this is us semi-remembering so much comic book history. Yeah, basically. Uh, 1986 comic book story arc that appeared in the Marvel comic series Daredevil, written by Frank Miller, drawn by David Masicelli. Yep, that's it. So that's what I that's what I thought. So it's kind of weird to see how Mysterio is related to that. Right. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe there's something to it, and you know, like so. There's, there's usually when something like that happens, there's half, there's half the time there's a tie to it. They wouldn't just bring something like that for no, no reason, right? Or they might have. In this case, we found out there are there is nuggets there. Um, and speaking of nuggets, let us go to Avengers number twenty five. Sure. Um, I enjoy this issue. It is a potential, just like actually, Mary, just like Mary Jane was. This is a potential click of the week. Yes, this uh, uh, amazing Mary Jane was a surprise potential click of the week for me. This is not so much of a surprise. Mm. So yeah, so it um, huh, interesting. Um, so yeah, this is the end of the Ghost Rider race. Um. 
you know, they're going off into another arc, and that arc is going back to something they hadn't talked about in a good minute. <laughs> Just to jump ahead for a second, but jumping back, um, yeah, I mean, sure, Robbie's in a new place now. After this issue, they they uh, the Avengers came in and kind of helped with some with, with some bar what well, not bar tech with some tech they just happened to hit, whip up real quite fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and apparently, um, and I'm sure uh, uh, Agent Seventy will agree with this uh, notion, it's, especially since they brought it up. But Fast and Furious is um established <laughs> in this uh in this universe. Yes. You know, and I'm not talking about just because you know, in the way with seemingly the movies have by just to have you know, you know, they did. I mean, early. they've obliquely referenced it thanks to uh, this to Robbie Ray's Ghost Rider's uh, ride of choice, right? So it's a it's definitely less oblique now, right? And as a term, it's something that's been around way longer than the movies, but in this case, the, yeah, they, it seems like they. <laughs> They just put a point on that, right? And I I love that Caselli uh, composed a page where it makes perfect sense now to keep Thor with uh, obviously the status quo with Thor may or may not last with the upcoming run on mm-hmm. Thor that's going to start this winter, this winter. But um, him using the Uru arm as a shield. I was like, "Oh man, this is something that Thor has kind of lacked for you know forever." <laughs> you know, this is something that makes the the uh, all the possibilities seem you know uh, even more endless than they, what they were. You know, like they seem limitless. Right. Well, you know, Thor's has never been one to really you know um, hide behind any kind of defense. He's usually I'm a, I'm gonna smash it in the head until it stops. Right. Although we, what we've become used to seeing was Thor spinning his hammer. And you know, reflecting or deflecting attack away. But now this is, uh, you know, this is uh, him literally having his own type of shield. So it's pretty. It, it was pretty. It was a pretty interesting uh, uh, way of uh, drawing it up. I give Caselli a lot of credit. This issue is solid when yeah, it comes indeed. to the art. Solid, solid. Got lots of background characters, lots of devils and demons. Gamanos. Yes, and. <laughs> um, it's you know there's just a lot of interesting things going on in here and we also get um mildest spoilers we also we also get solution of some sort with regards to uh Robbie's uncle Eli's spirit yes but um we also get well depending on what order you read this we also get one of the say first of one or two references to uh Mephisto, which if you've been paying attention to the show a lot, we bring up a good minute because he's been popping up pretty much everywhere a lot. Uh even though d- despite the fact that he's supposedly in a certain place, which we will get to in another book. But um he gets kind of reference here, not necessarily shows up, but he does get reference and um and pretty much the rest of the book seems like it's going to go directly into Ghost Rider's book, which we talked about the first issue last week. Right. Um, with what, you know, what the giant Blaze is going through now. And we kind of get a, a little bit of his troubles, you know, in here. Maybe, maybe, I don't know if this is before that or, you know, whatever, right. you know, time. It'll is. eventually, right. It'll eventually dovetail into that story, I think. 
Right, but there was a resolution to the resolution to the race kind of seemed like it affects that whether sure. they bring that to light or not. You know, definitely bring it up here. Right, and the issue ends with uh, a cliffhanger that has been developing over the last several issues. I think with very small. They brought it up a lot twice, like probably about a good three or four issues ago. Yeah, it's there's the very subtle evidence of a B plot, and we're rolling into um, uh, one too, of those because it's kind of going back to something they started off with in the beginning of this run, but right, yeah. they've kind of been touching on every now and then. Yeah, I was going to say they're rolling into one of what appears to be one of those one shots, but I think it might actually be extended slightly with regards to one of the concepts that Aaron had introduced of the 1 million BC Avengers. Right. Yeah. And with this, because even when they brought it, brought this particular part into play, I'm like, really? I mean, I know they, so if you don't remember the, the 1 billion BC basically is like, Hey, there were Avengers way back in 1 billion BC. Um, with a, you know, um, Standalikes for the current crew, basically, uh, including some some known quantities, or you know, at, at least um, some avatars for for known quantities. I should say. Sure. Uh, but there was one that wasn't there, and now apparently we're going to find out that there is now going to be one particular, uh, well, not even avatar, just <laughs> a direct uh, a direct person from the original Avengers is going to go back, is going to be uh, presented here. Which, I don't know. I don't know. We still don't know because they brought it up and they keep bringing it up and it's apparently supposed to be going on, but it's one of the running plots that, you know, that Aaron has pretty much said, hey, this is the thing that's coming. You know. Which, you know what, that actually brings up something because... I think up until 20 episodes, I mean, um, issue 21, 22, something like that, they were really heavy on saying, hey, this thing is coming. These things are coming. These other things are coming. All these things are coming. And then they kind of stopped doing it, you know, and then I guess they're now starting because, you know, because the Ghost Rider thing, the race was one of them, and that's kind of, that's a done deal now. So now they're going to another one. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're going to, and there's still like a probably good three or four different plots that are still like kind of out there that hadn't gone back to in a, in a while. Yeah. I mean, that's Aaron for you. Mm. Any fans of his Thor run will tell you that he definitely is playing the long game. Right. So we will definitely, I'm sure we'll be getting some updates on those in, in addition to the one that's probably going to be front and center next issue. Absolutely. All right. So. What's next? Uh, well, I guess since um, we talked about or a, a little bit on that. Do you want to go down that route? Sure. Uh, we can uh, do Valkyrie Jane Foster. Uh, I did read King Thor. I don't know if you did. I did. Okay. So uh, while I scroll down through, pick which one you want to start with. Uh, well, I guess direct the, the direct tie will be King Thor number two. All righty. As in, you know, that, that that is also the order that I read the book in it, the, these books in anyway. So, so yeah. Uh, so this is King Thor. This is in the future. This is um, this is Jason Aaron's swan song, uh, um, miniseries. You know, ending his his lengthy seven eight year run on on the Thor. 
uh, and apparently, hey, I as a, as a person who has not read um, a whole lot of Thor, I only know uh, a person that comes up in this book basically through us talking. Right. So the God Butcher's back in the future, and that's because uh, Loki brought him out for a reason that apparently ends up coming clear during the course of this issue. Right. It's basically a double cross and mm-hmm. it's fitting that Gore, the God butcher would be back because this is the villain that started Aaron's um, uh, run on for many, many, many moons ago. So with that said, the concepts, are, the concepts that, um, that Gore introduced are still active. We're at the end of time and Thor is, um, you know, attempting to, um, uh, re- to, to defeat Gore yet again. And he's trying to figure out how to do it. And he's asking Loki for help and Loki is just not able to provide any. Right. Um, well, and as for a specific reason, which right. if it's Loki, you kind of partially get that reason. Right. And it's kind of cool. It makes, you know, I, I, I'm digging this series because it makes me want to maybe dig up my, uh, my build a figure King Thor, um, figure with the sword in hand and, uh, and, and put them up, uh, you know, my, my, my shelf is in the state of, um, of, uh, of, 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 uh, transition because I take, I've, I didn't realize that the fantastic four had been up there for so long for nearly a year and i figure it's time to rotate the display finally sure 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 oh wonder what diorama who you will come up with next exactly exactly i'll make sure it goes up on instagram you know at some point soon but um um so so here's a question i have to ask um there was a seemingly a couple of references uh that pop up in this book one being Silver Surfer Black, and you know, which is still kind of ongoing, and that's only because you know, Gore is in possession, or or was, I guess, part of the possession of something that kind of comes up in that book, even though that book is so in the far flung past, right? And also, by the same token, that came up in War of the Realm, because this particular item, and that's where, yeah, exactly, and that's where this is all sort of uh, flowing back from. So, right. So I bring that up, and then there was another reference to cosmic god cop cases. <laughs> that must be something in the in the future, because that was the one thing that uh, that was the one reference from um, Thor's daughters that did not ring any sort of bells uh, for me. So yeah, that, I was thinking it was uh, Thor's the the Secret Wars, um, the Secret Wars miniseries, which you oh, know that's actually not that's actually a good callback. I didn't even think of that. Because yeah, because I was like, well, wait, cosmic, cosmic, but I don't remember. Like, I know they were hunting. I know, you know. So if you don't remember, the Secret Wars had a miniseries called Thor's, which was basically the Thor Corps. Um, a bunch of you know, there was a Thor. The Thors were a bunch of cops, and they played it like it was a homicide life on the streets, and it was glorious. It was great. Um, I believe that was also Jason Aaron's run, if I'm not mistaken. Um. And they were, you know, I can't remember the specific case they were they were doing, and so I don't know if it was if it has something to do with that reference, or as you say, you know, maybe it is something that's coming to the computer. But that was the first thing I thought of, you know, when 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 they mentioned that. 
Oh, okay. I didn't even, I, I completely forgotten about, and, and I know we were all fans of that Thor, I, Thor's miniseries. Yes, yes I, was, I, was on, I was an excellent miniseries. I wish they had spun it out to an actual book. <laughs> that's how good I thought about it. Um, so, yeah, whether that's the case or not, who, who knows? Um, but at this point, like, Thor, excuse me, Gore's, um, which, wow, this is, that is rather close naming. Um, Gore's thought patterns are, seem kind of weird in this, in this issue. So he's the God Butcher. So he's basically trying to get rid of all the gods, but he's in the midst of this issue, he's kind of had two or three di- different changes of thought. But the one he lands on basically has him doing the thing that he's trying to get rid of, weirdly enough. And I was like, did you really think about that that closely? Because he's a God Butcher, but he's also, but he was basically talking about, you know, becoming God himself, sort of. Except for he, he he's, he's differentiating it's different from, you know, the other states of Godhood. In the past, but it was still kind of similarly. I, I, like, I, 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 I'm not 100 percent sure I get where you're going, but I'll, I'm willing to, you know. There was, there was, there was a statement that he, a couple of statements that he made while he was uh, battling Thor about, you know, uh, uh, basically getting rid of life so that he could start it over again, and so that he could sit there and watch them, you know, watch them. I guess prosper without gods, but in that same in that case, he's basically, you know, making himself God. If he's going to sit there and watch over him, one and get rid of life to to create new life, mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a god thing to do. So I'm sitting here like, well, wait, if the thing you 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 task yourself to do is to, to kill the gods, but you want to become one, sort of. It was weird. I'm gonna make obviously he, in his thinking. He's not thinking you know, like that, but it's still kind of weird. And I'm like, I don't know if you really thought that one out. And I was wondering if that's going to end up coming back out to them, but it, maybe not. So like I said, I think about stupid stuff like this, so I ain't no telling. Um, but the only thing else to, to bring up from this issue is that apparently Loki is really, really powerful because uh, he was able to get Wonder Woman's lasso. Ha! <laughs> So on that small feet, you know, jumping whole universes and companies to get, you know, to get an item. That's I'm just saying, get a get a man's props. But um, yeah, and um, you know, last but not least, yeah, the the ending of it was interesting. Like it's not, and it's not interesting in the hey, Doctor Strange ended in a way to where you could just not go any further, or you don't have to go any further. But kind of, I guess you could, but you know, there is still, I don't know, if you were to leave it like this, it there there would be like, well, that seems like an anticlimactic way to go out. And we know Jason Aaron is not about that. <laughs> so, but obviously there is a cliffhanger and, you know, there is, uh, what, two more issues to go? Is that right? Um... Uh... I think so. I think it's two more issues. Regardless, there's still a couple, some more issues to go from this. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure if it's a four or five issue series, actually. Yeah, but regardless, yeah. So that's that's where we are with that. It was a, it was a good read. Like, even without... Like, obviously, you would need a little bit of knowledge going into it, but the story kind of, you know, props itself up the way you don't really... As a, as a self-contained story, it's kind of all right. You know, 
like yeah there's a couple of things that kind of show up like especially that sword that showed that the uh, that thor had it was like i don't know anything about it but if you've been reading thor you know about it you know stuff like that but in in it may not uh, detract from your reading this. Uh, so let us move on to, uh, I guess, the, the other Thor-related book of the week, uh, Valkyrie, Jane Foster, number four. Sure. Update my notes here. Right. Uh, we have a direct continuation of the previous issue with uh, the Grim Reaper. And we finally understand what has been going on in this uh, series with regards to the enemies that the Valkyrie has uh, encountered and who, it appears, has been pulling the strings in the background to create the adventures that she's had to go on thus far. And why, and I was going to say, and why they're actually targeting her in particular. Right. Yes. It took us four issues to get this one, but it was, but it was like, okay. That makes sense. Sure, why not? But what doesn't make sense um, in regards to the person pulling the string is going back to what I've, what I've alluded to earlier in that. So we find out that Mephisto's pulling the strings um, and why he's doing that because of some deal that he made with uh, Hella a while back um, and, you know, had something to do with Valkyries. So therefore, you know, that deal couldn't can't uh he can't use the loopholes of that deal with uh jane foster in the way let's just put it away so that's pretty much the whole machinations behind that now the issue i have with it is because one mephisto has been popping up in a whole different other different places here he he is in the place where he's supposed to be but not in the place that he should be or has been stated to be um, and uh, we've said, it, I think we've said it before, and I'm saying it again. Like, obviously, there's probably going to be an event that's coming up uh, that's going to shed some light on why he's been popping up so many places. If not, then there's a problem somewhere in the Marvel publishing history. <laughs> well, I don't know if it's an editorial problem or if at the end of the day they're just willing to concede that uh, whatever loopholes there are, and that's what that's how Aaron and Ewing kind of address it in this issue. Uh, he's exploiting, uh, you know, Mephisto is exploiting to the best of his abilities. Sure, as he tells especially to with I was about to say, especially with the kind of feature role that he played in the latest champions series. Right. And that's what I'm saying. Like he showed up there. He's shown up other places. Uh, he's shown up in actual jail with, I, I want to say it was Dr. Strange. I can't remember. He's been in Dr. Strange. He's been, you know, he's been a few different places, either just running frame. And even one time we saw him, he was actually in jail talking to Wong where he was supposedly supposed to be. Right. I still think there's an event coming or something. Cause there was, well, it's almost. Well, we would we've gotten solicited already, so probably would have. Uh, I, I feel like there's a, an event coming that's going to shed some light on that. I feel they, Hugh. I don't believe they would be. They, I feel confident that can't be just an oversight on, on on editorial part. There, there has to be something to all of this. You know, for him to just be popping up everywhere, or like he is. I don't know. It's weird. Like maybe we'll find out in this in this book what's the case. We don't know. So, and if you did not know, so after the events of Damnation, which this book uh, kind of references, you know, he's supposed to be technically contained, as he says, which, like I said, 
he he does show up in the book as being actually contained in a in a jail cell. So, but as we have also just said, he's been kind of floating around here and there and other places, kind of seemingly willy nilly. Go figure. Um, I don't. I think that's pretty much it. The only other thing that, that shows up is speaking of Doctor Strange. Doctor Strange shows up in this. In, in yeah, I was about to say what we're neglecting to address is um, uh, what actually happens as a result of us finding out uh, about this uh, about this uh, plot by Mephisto in this book. Uh, we have the reappearance of the other half, the other host body of the Valkyrie um spirit in rigs, yep. previously in um fearless defenders and uh annabelle riggs is uh making a presentation with some magic what turns out to be a magical artifact that she's discovered and mm-hmm. as you mentioned dr strange comes up and magical hijinks ensue right which jane is like well, well i see this going <laughs> going someplace and so she gears up and uh sure enough Things happen as they tend to do. Um, and as I say in my notes, it's like, well, you know, these things happen and something's bound to cause trouble. And sure did cause a little bit of trouble for for Annabelle Riggs. And shout out to Cafu on art who continues to kill it mm-hmm. on stuff. the book. It is amazingly good stuff. Right. So, so, at, so during the course of this issue, we find out, like I said, what, what, uh, Mephisto's after and what he's doing in relation to Jane Foster. Um, and I feel like whatever event that may or may not be coming out of going, going to furthest, he ends up in possession of something that I thought he already had that was that was brought up in Doctor Strange in, in the uh, outset. Because you remember he made a Doctor Strange made a deal with Mephisto. Right? to get his hands back. I believe that was uh, Mephisto. I know he showed up. I believe it was. Regardless. No, that was something else. You sure? Yeah, because Mephisto, what Mephisto got uh, was um, he was the one that basically uh, the price for his assistance in that big um, story was the loss of Clea. Right. Okay. And the hand, bit, the, hand thing, right. the hand thing was something else. Right. That's right. It was a um some other person who who had some forbidden magic. That's right. You're totally right. right. So yeah, but regardless, uh, Mephisto did still show up around that time and took something away from Doctor Strange. Which now that I think about it, probably wasn't what I thought about. Isn't what I thought it was that Grim Reaper ends up getting at the end of this issue. Hmm. So. It's interesting, and we uh, we get um, as, as what tends to happen, we get a, a reemergence of, um, uh, I guess, some old um, Doctor Strange villains. One of which we have seen in a movie. Yeah, that was a nice little callback when I read that. I was like, wait, we actually understand how to pronounce that now. Right. <laughs> it's one of those. It's one of those names that you don't automatically know how to pronounce. But now that we've heard it a bazillion times in the Doctor Strange movie, right. it's easy. Like, what's up, Mad Mickelson? Right. Which, exactly. And maybe it's just projecting it on there. But it's like he kind of did look like, even though now, granted, the character's been around before the movie, which I did not know that. But you know, doing a little research, I'm like, all right, this, which it makes sense. 
you know, but it was like, okay, all I was thinking was like, oh shoot, that's a movie reference. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's where we've most recently seen this character. Right. But it was funny to see uh, to, to see that one character. And I presume if we were well-versed in Doctor Strange history, we would recognize the other two as well. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Those other, I feel like the, the one lady may have shown up somewhere that I've recognized, but I don't know. And so so out of the three, obviously the one we knew about was the one that was to happen to be featured in the movie. So Right. But yeah, all in all, what's a good issue? Um, you know, this, this book continues to be great, you know, that, that, um, I'm really curious to see what's going to happen with that horse, Mr. Horse. <laughs> I liked, uh, Jane Foster's theory on why this particular horse survived right. the war of the realms or like, like, as, they, as they call it the war of realms. And I keep sticking the, the in there, but that's what the title was. So, right. Yeah, I was like, well, yeah, this is just like, yeah, clearly this 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 one had a this one wasn't a front runner. <laughs> what's cool? I was about to say, what's cool is that it the, the this particular horse uh, is the 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 latest in the in the in the long line of sidekick uh, sentient animals that aren't necessarily stupendously heroic or stupendously helpful. Um, these are not Thor's goats by any stretch of the imagination. This is no, it's more like Thor in a, in a way, which another... I was going to say either that or a cross between Thor and Cringer from He-Man. Um, <laughs> I put that on him. Come on. He's a little, I mean, you know, yeah, he's he, more brave he than that. that side. Yeah. He hadn't shown that side on him, but so, but yeah, there, there's a particular, um, kind of hilarious, um, well, not as hilarious, but there's an incident with the horse and, and, um, you know where, where it is, and Jane's predicament in her, in her mortal life, and you know, her friend brings it up before they go off to see Annabelle Riggs. So I was like, yeah, I, I guess this is going to be something we don't know. So, but all good stuff. Um, they bring up something about Wonder Man, but you know that's going to happen. So I don't doubt if that's going to come up into anything. But I was like, that was an interesting thing that they happen to. For some stupid reason, bring it up. But uh, given that who Mephisto was talking to, that makes sense. Right. I mean, you... but given I was about to say, given Wonder Man's current state in the in the uh, Iron Man title, uh, we may not see him for a little while. Oh. Um, oh, really? Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't yeah. know he was there. Yeah, he uh, he sort of is, but sure. definitely he's yeah. definitely tied up. For anyone who has been following the Tony Stark Iron Man book, I'll refer to it later, probably in rapid fire. Are there any other books that we want to speak about at length, or are we ready to hit the uh, rapid fire mode? I think we are good. Well, unless you want to bring up Mortal, Mortal Hulk, but yeah, we can. We'll do Immortal Hulk because I think it'll be quick. Sure. Because uh, Immortal Hulk number 25 came out this week, and it is. It's kind of a what? It is trippy. It's kind of trippy. Yeah. Um, you wonder if we needed to all be high and or drunk to read this. Yeah, but, it's kind of these things like, wait, did we miss something? Which Al Ewing doesn't, you know, it's like, no, we didn't miss anything. So now he just he just took that left turn and, and was like, no, you're, you're going to keep going this way with me. Right. It was definitely a departure. Definitely a departure from what we are used to. But uh, ultimately, he's taken the concept of 
And mild spoiler alert, but if you've been following along with uh, Immortal Hulk, it's not going to be that big a spoiler. He's taking take the uh, World Breaker Hulk concept and expanded upon it and essentially made it um, a substitute or uh, something along the lines of a Galactus. Where yeah. Galactus is the devourer of worlds, we have the breaker of worlds, and he's even got a... a, 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 a uh, an interesting new suit that appears to be very Galactus inspired. I thought the exact same thing when um, when when you this when he showed up. I'm like, okay, where's the story going? And where are we going to get some? Oh, there he is. He's looking, yeah, very galactic. Um, also, weirdly enough, if if he had gone one more step further, this could have been the origin of Superman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, a form of it. Yeah. I thought it was going to be the introduction of Mothra to the Marvel Universe. To be honest, right. there is, there is. I thought that too because I was like, "Wait, why are they? Why is, why is that showing up there?" Like, right, there is definitely, that? definitely. Uh, I know that there's a couple of artists on this issue. It's not just Joe Bennett, but um, uh, there was definitely a Mothra vibe in the appearance of uh, a character in the book. That has to be a reference to something that would, or. or that has to be a reference to something else. I'm not sure. Not sure. Excellent. Maybe I'm giving him too much credit, but it's like, you know, doesn't really put too many references for, for no reason. But <clears throat> Right, because essentially they all tie back together in the in, in in some form or another, the way he writes. Right. So, you know, we also get um, some more information on that whole one above, one below all that is. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a little bit of um, you know work on a couple of splash pages that Bennett puts together, um, right? Which have... you, if you've uh, if you are following certain corners of the comic book uh, creator um, um, a verse, you may have seen a panel from it. So I, I you know, right? That someone referenced it's Herman Her- Her- Herman Garcia is the artist that was responsible for that whole uh, space adventure stuff. Mm. And Bennett is the one who does um, the latter half of the book that involves the reappearance of a longtime Hulk nemesis. Right. We have said this before in, in passing and like the, the Hulk's rogue gallery has pretty much been coming, not necessarily left and right, but at just really, you know, interesting times. Yes. Uh, and this is no, this is no stranger. It's like every, every probably five or six issues like, Oh wait, Hey, here's someone else from his past or not even through five, probably about three or four issues. Like, Hey, somebody else from his past. And it's usually some of the more known quantities that have come up. And this is probably the most, one of the most known quantities that has yet to show up in 25 issues. Right. Which I, I think we may or may not have even said, Hey, where is he? <laughs> I don't know. So, and I think we were joking beforehand. It was like, well, the only people that are left are like the UFOs. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, Rocket Raccoon comes back, but, but he's uh-huh. else. I don't know. Like, where's the Zax? Right, exactly. Is there going to be another Wolverine fight? I don't know. That's funny. But, uh, but yeah, this was that was a nice reveal at the end of the issue. Mm-hmm. Uh, we won't spoil it here, but it definitely uh, felt earned. 
I felt like this character definitely earned this appearance in this story. You definitely didn't see it coming, especially with what was going on in the in the first three first three quarters. Exactly, three yeah. quarters. The first three quarters of the book did not uh, prepare us for this appearance, so uh, it was definitely a, a, a trippy, uh, a, a trippy read. That is not an understatement. Right, and as if, if I'm not mistaken, it's also a lengthier book than normal. Yeah, I think it was like a. 25th issue type anniversary right but it didn't really do anything outside of just like no we got more pages to do this story cool <laughs> i'm using all these pages right yeah no they definitely they're it's definitely more expensive than the regular uh book but yeah i think it's uh and they what's funny is that they didn't even announce it like a 25th issue right. anniversary thing they just uh they just charge you more for it and it's more it obviously there's more content Right, and if you've and if you've been you know around comics a, a, a while, you know they they've they used to do this a lot more in the past, uh, but numbering is all screwed up anyway. Right, now. and I thought kind of a similar thing with uh, Avengers twenty five. Like they really didn't do anything for Avengers twenty five, even except for the fact that it wasn't really a, it there wasn't really uh, anything you know noteworthy or anniversary like or you know of the numbering. Right. So, but yeah. Like I said, back in the days, we had it better. Anyway, next up, I think we will go into... You wanted to talk Marauders real quick? You know what? Sure. Yeah, why not? Marauders number one, the new X book uh, that is uh, out in the second... Uh, it's not the second wave, but the, um, the second book in the the Hickman's... The Hick, X-Men... Hicksman, I guess that's what they call it. I don't know. Legacy. It's the Dawn of, right, it's Dawn the Dawn of, of X. And... Yeah, no, but... One of the right, one of the the more interesting setups for this book, uh, you know, one of the things that we, I guess, were confused about when it came to the information teasing what these books would be starting with, how these books would be starting, right? And the the mystery of it is set up right on the first page, and you're just taken aback and 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 are left with a um, not a who, but a huh. You know, yeah, it's more like a no. And it's that set up to the story, and I'm hesitant to spoil it because I think it's definitely worth reading this book to see how this character, and I'm referring to uh, Kate Pride. Yes, gets them gets herself into this predicament, exactly. or, or or into this, you know, into her new status, as it were. So, and even in that part, just like, okay, the mystery as to the one part, which we won't spoil as to why, the basically the conceit as to why this has to be the way it is, which still kind of not necessarily bugs me, but it's like, wait, they, they there's there's other things they could do to, to around this, but I guess this is this is a good way to kind of draw it out a little bit. But um the, the premise of this whole book was already kind of weird, especially given the little information that we had get, gotten prior to this that we had right. talked about in the show previously with the news. And it this book kind of seemed like a basically like a tie-in book to Secret Wars or something, the way the way it seemed. Because think about it, the X-Men on a ship. Right. 
in sailing the high seas. Like that's like why would they need to do that? Like what's makes sense? But this kind of fleshes out why they do that, even right. though we had already, yeah, exactly we had already discussed in the teasers, you know, what this would entail, and we kind of you know, and the first issue really sets that up. But what we did not know was why this particular character, Kate Pride, K- aka Kitty Pride, mm-hmm. um, was going to be front and center in the book, and now we know why. Right. And boy, and she and she was definitely front and center for a lot, lot of this book. Obviously, you know she's she is no stranger to leading the next team, so that's not you know that's nothing new. But uh, some of the pages they gave her in this book were like, okay, I you know, like they not necessarily not saying that she's never been an effective X Men, but you know she uses her powers to. You know, obviously she's been trained by a couple of different people in the past. So, but and that's you know, not really been coming out. She has grown as a a person from her heady days of being a, a sprite. <laughs> sure. Uh, so, but she was pretty, you know, badass in this. Hey, game. listen, I have the Kitty Pride and Wolverine miniseries. It's underrated. Right. Although right. I wouldn't pay for Al Milgram to sign it at five bucks a pop either. Um, <laughs> oh no, shots fired! Shots fired! But uh, but yeah, the, the but the premise of this book, like I said, the, the premise of this book is what it is. I'm like, all right, we're just gonna roll with it. But at the same time, I'm still like, they they have better ways to do this, and this, and even part of it, even still with them, you know, fleshing it all out here is like, well. That being the case, she, you know, her part is what it is, I get. But some of these other people don't necessarily have to be, are, are affected by that, but they're still using the thing as whatever. So, yeah, so she's basically got a new job. She's She's got her own crew. Right. And, uh, lovingly picked together with the exception of one, which which is kind of funny because uh, you've seen the solicitors. You, or if, you may not have seen the solicitors, but you've probably seen the cover if you've been paying right. attention. Pyro is basically a part of the crew. And the way he gets um, gets drafted into the crew was like, oh no, he just happened to be there. Which sometimes this happens, you know, especially in X books. But it was kind of funny in this one. Um, and it's and- funny that I was about to say, and it's funny that Pyro, given uh, his memories, is more than willing to just be like, hey, you know, I'm going to you know roll with the punches here. You know, he is, right. you know, he he's a former member of uh, uh, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, but is also um, one of the members that had kind of gone, um, kind of seen the light when they went by Freedom Force, for those of uh, you of a certain vintage. Oh, uh, the 90s. You know? That's actually the 80s when they went to Freedom Force. Wait, I thought that was because what? Oh, whatever. Yeah, sure. <laughs> That's actually 80s when they went to, to when they when they were working for the government. They're working for Val Cooper. Right, because I thought that well, see, I thought it was a '90s thing. Watch, whatever. Yeah, okay. Um, again, spotty knowledge goes too much. Yeah, um, but yeah. The, so the thing that kind of was like with that was like he just happened to be there, and I did not know there was apparently another pyro because Bobby was like, um, "Hey, you're the original pyro." I'm like, "Wait, was there another one?" He was dead. Right, I gathered that from this, but right. I was like, well, and then they explain they basically, which now the the X Men have a built in resurrection <laughs> system, resurrection exactly. thing. So yeah, and they and they go through that like, yeah, okay, sure, well, we're That's here. Funny. Now. Yeah, 
So I mean, I, I I'm digging this. I I I I dig that it seems like uh, Kitty or Kate Pride is one of Doug, Jerry Duggan's um, favorite characters. I love the shine that she's getting in this. Is that the case, or is uh, uh... it seems like it because based on who's writing the book? Sure, but yeah, he definitely he's definitely put her to some great effect in in this issue. I'm like, okay, she's you know she's you know like like I said earlier, effectively padded. It's not saying she wasn't you know wasn't yeah. a good writers but like all right go you do your thing and it's nice to see her not on the excalibur team uh it's nice to see her off on something else we'll we'll get to that next week next week when excalibur or next whenever an excalibur come live because i i I have a fondness for the original excalibur team so i'm going to miss her there i see but sure i see yeah I, i i definitely don't have the same affection for that original Excalibur run. Um, although I understood it because, uh, you know, it came in the, in the wake of uh, fall of the mutants. Mm. Um, just, uh, just very quickly. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to, I don't know if this was the same in the X-Men number one credits page um, from last week. I'd have to go back and dig mine up and see, but um on the credits page of this book, Jonathan Hickman is listed head of X. Yes, I saw that. I noticed that. I mean, which makes sense because yeah, it, it, you know, it, this whole thing is his baby, and you know, he's right. He's basically he's running. Right. Right. He's running the X corner of the universe. But at the end of the day, Jordan White is still the editor. Well, yeah, but I mean, yeah, but as far as the you know the the, the shepherding of the story, right? Yeah. So yeah, that that you know it, it all checks out. I'm like, all right, sure, get 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 your credit. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So yeah, that was Marauders number one. It's it's like I said, it. This was surprising. I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I you know, I, 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 I don't, don't know if it's a good, but it was. Yeah, I don't know if it's a was like the week, but it was good. Potentially, it is for me because because it was just fun and and you know like I said, the premise still kind of shaky with me in in a in a spot or two, but it but it was pretty good. Well, and that was with, that, um, huh? I was going to say you hope that they that they kind of delve into that at some point because right. it makes no sense based on what we had seen already. Mm-hmm. You know, like what we had seen already in um, the Hawks Pox series. Like, why is this happening now? Right. You know, because it obviously didn't start happening until after the three characters that we see in the beginning of this issue go through. And come out one side, and then all of a sudden it stops working. So that's really, character, yes, exactly. So that's a that's it's it's um it's a contrived setup, and I hope that at some point they explore why. But I hope it you know they take their time with it because it doesn't seem like it's really affecting the character that much. Right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. And that kind of goes back to what I was saying initially with this. We're so like, yeah, it's affecting this person, but it shouldn't be affecting the other people that who you know. Are basically being shepherded back to core in this particular way. I'm like, okay, there wasn't anything affecting them except for the opposition. Right. And you mean at the end of the book? Yeah. I think they just explain it away like they cheat. They chose to do it. I'm, I I don't recall. I'm gonna just scroll very quickly. Well, as far as the people they saved, the, the yeah. As far as everybody else on a crew, yeah, they explained that as for like, yeah, we're you know we came together, we leave together, basically. But the but the people they were saving, like they could have just gone on through and be like, hey, it's on the side, and you know, but you know, but it, but it's like, all right, we got a ship. Everybody get on. And they made it, and um, they made it obvious. Um, 
they got it out of the way, folks. They made an obvious um, Lonely Island reference. You know mm. the one I'm talking about. That's funny. Um, they got it out of the way. You don't have to worry about it anymore. <laughs> uh, you know, it was I, I did. It wasn't grown inducing, but I was like, you know what? This is the book to do that in. Go ahead, <laughs> get it out of the way. Is it impl- I was about to say, is it implied that uh, that all those people got on the ship? Uh, no, I want to say it was. I want to say it was actually said, like right before. Uh, Storm said that like we came together, we leave together, and then Kitty was like, "Well, you're pretty much everybody on the boat, or something like that." But I may be mistaken, and maybe I I, I put the implication there. I don't know. I would have to go back and check it out. Yeah, I mean, like you would think they would have seen them going through the like they would have alluded to them going through the gate, but it didn't seem like they were actually going to do that. Right. It's not clear. It's definitely not clear from what I from what I'm seeing, and um, it doesn't make any sense for exactly. all people to not go through the gate. Right, uh, the Krakow, yeah, the Krakow portal. It was like, okay, y'all can go through. There's somebody to meet you on the side. Like, we got these other people we got to go deal with. All right, that, that would have been that. But hey, I'm not, you know, maybe something about now. I will say that there's some, uh, as during the Hoxpox uh, books, there, there are some stuff that comes up in the text pages. One of which the um, the the bar cigar gossip, right? That kind of gives nuggets of seemingly some stuff to come. Uh, it looks like in this book and, you know, and addresses a couple of other things surrounding this book um, in the form of a dossier. So I'm sure there's, there's, you know, they, they got some legs to start, start running on with this book. However long it lasts, not trying to kill this book, but you know, I'm just saying. Uh, and that folks is Marauders number one. So I guess now, unless you got something else. Uh, no, we'll go rapid fire. There's yep. plenty of stuff to go through because this was actually a really good week of books. It's true. But um, in the interest of uh, brevity and time, let's spin it up. <laughs> brevity. All right, we are in rapid fire mode and going to run through some of these books that we probably have in common. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agents of Atlas. Yes. Number three. I am liking where this book is going. Uh, Greg Pak is weaving, I think, a pretty interesting story with the concept of um, this corporation that has created not Krakoa portals, but something very technologically based but similar in concept between um, Asian neighborhoods in uh, several different countries. And uh, the agents of Atlas are trying to figure out what's the what the what, what the what their uh, ultimate plan is and um, their hesitance to team up, or at least Amadeus chose hesitance to team up with the appointed protector of um, this pan, um, the the city of pan that's Isaac Ikeda. Yes. And although there seems like there may actually be something for, there may be a legit concern that implied within this book as to, you know, his uh, interpretations, interpretations. Um, yeah, I've enjoyed it too. I do love the the real world analog in that. So, like, hey, you, the, so the the premise was a hey, these portals opened up. You can go to, to a neighboring neighborhoods, but it was only a trial period, and the trial period just ended. Right. So, like, and and you could almost see some real world parallels. Like, oh man, it's over now. So, but then it goes into some other stuff with some other, you know, they're them trying to get to the bottom of, um, you know. Uh, right. This uh, this company's dealings and dealing with a, a slight scandal, I guess you could say. 
Right. Well, there's some socio-political analogs in here that mm-hmm. uh, that that uh, Pac has incorporated into the story. And as you as you mentioned, there is a bit of a scandal, but it involves two members of this team who have uh, caught feelings, yeah. and expressed them. And it's apparently um, not sitting well with some of the other members. I'm really loving that Silk is. She's like his, she's like uh, Amadeus is kind of uh, the uh, person on the shoulder. In the uh, well, I was gonna say that she, what what she is, uh, given that she's supposed to be, uh, not quite Peter Parker's age because of the whole like, um, being in like suspended animation or captivity. Right. She's the elder statement statesman of this team, other than um, Shang Chi. Right. That's so true. it's kind of interesting to see her be like, "Hey, um, uh, yeah, bringing in, bringing in, even uh, uh, bringing in a little bit of a uh, an older perspective." But at the same time, you know, it's hard to give her the uh, that that veteran perspective because she really hasn't been a hero for all that long. Plus, yeah, she kind of is not necessarily childlike, but because of her situation, you know, um, because of how she came into the universe, and, you know, and being, uh, I guess, what, in captivity, I don't know how you call it. It's kind of like that Netflix show. The, the um, Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of had that situation going on, and then she's kind of out of the world, so she's kind of just living life, and, you know, so there's a little bit of wonderment to her character. Right. There's definitely some innocence and some wonderment to that as well. Right, but still being like you said, the kind of an elder statement of the group, and you know, being right. being on uh, Amadeus's shoulder, as it were. Right, because in terms of seniority, obviously Shang Chi, you know, right. carries that. But I think uh, if if we are actually going to look at uh, age as a factor, I think she's probably next up. Mm. Plus, it always makes me want to go back because I never did finish reading her book. I, I always keep every time I read this book, it's like I want to go back and finish reading Silk. And they're doing a good job with her. I'm really liking the fact that they are using her in this book and we get to see her in any of those Spider-Verse type uh, crossovers, which, yes. is, which are still fun. Yes, indeed. So, indeed. Yeah, because you, yeah, you, you always feel like they do a character like that and they just end up dropping her. Right. Like, and uh, the book ends... And a couple other people. Right. And the book ends on a, on a cliffhanger that teases more relationships abounding. Yes. Yes, with some other people on the crew because because of the first kind of scandal um some actions was taken taken um against uh the offending group uh which only gave way to this other situation right uh completely devoid of that first one but so the only other thought is, is, is like i kind of wish that the champions were still around to kind of because you know amadeus was with the group and they <laughs> they just happened to be uh, uh, an issue where they were like hey um so we got this picture here we got this video that's been floating around the internet so what's up man yeah like i'm saying i would have loved to have seen something like that happen i mean you know they're still around but the book isn't so exactly so we don't get to see it on the page really my hope is that you know we, we you know with this incoming event the champions are supposed to appear so we will see more of them but it's a shame that well at least we're getting um amadeus in this setting so right exactly um next up is amazing spider-man full circle number one and if you look at the cover of this book when you um, come across it it really does play out very much like it does in that cover image because it's a past it's a pastiche of uh several um 
pieces of art in this book that illustrates the concept. The, uh, the story is told by uh, Jonathan Hickman, Jerry Duggan, Nick Spencer, Kelly Thompson, Al Ewing, Chip Zdarsky, and Jason Aaron in a circle. They hand the, the baton off to each creator, uh, creative team uh, after a certain number of pages, and it comes all the way back around to the beginning. And it's a very interesting way of telling a story. It is lots of goofy, silly fun. I know that PCN underscore Dirt told us uh, before the show that he liked this. Um, I think it's a little on the overpriced side, but ultimately uh, it's a lot of fun to read. It's nice to see uh, Chris Bocciolo, um on art uh, for uh, certain sections of this book. And there's plenty of art in this book uh, by uh, fan favorites like uh, Greg Smallwood, Mike Allred, Valerio, Valerio uh, Skeety, Chris Sprouse, uh, Rachel Stock, Cameron Stewart, and Mark Bagley. So that is a whole host of artists on this book. And if we know one thing about Spider-Man fans, much like Batman fans, people will pay for your book, given a chance. All righty. Um, next up is Detective Comics number 1014. And I apologize for constantly getting a kick out of reading those numbers. So... This issue is the latest in uh, the, uh, I, I want to say it's Tomasi, but now I'm going to scroll to my review copy and see, yes, it is Peter Tomasi, Tomasi's story in Detective that is um, revolving around Mr. Freeze and something that I was surprised, although I didn't actually look it up i have not uh confirmed this with reference but it was uh i don't want to say a solution but definitely a workaround for nora freeze's condition and give and with that uh it's a it's an interesting development especially given that this is uh kind of a tie-in to the year of the villain uh stuff this issue revolves around Mr. Freeze and coming up with this workaround for Nora's condition. And it's, uh, it was, it was pretty fun to see. And I know that uh, PCN underscore dirt enjoyed this, uh, book as well. Um, ghost spider number three. I am always digging talk me as I was art and Sean and McGuire is doing an excellent job of creating a new, uh, setting for uh, Gwen Stacy's uh, stories in that she's splitting time between Earth 65 and 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 our Earth, Earth 616, um, where uh, Gwen is not not only dealing with uh, going or well actually starting her college career, but also dealing with not one but two versions of the jackal and we all know how gwen stacy's and jackals do not mix so it's a it's a lot of fun as i mentioned earlier talk miyazawa's art is consistently strong there is the possible introduction of a new villain to gwen's uh rogues gallery and one mem one wannabe member of her rogues gallery makes an appearance in this and uh, hopefully doesn't make a tragic last appearance in this book. Uh, uh, what's the uh, sound effect I need? 
So there's that. Um, we spoke about Immortal Hulk. We spoke about Valkyrie Jane Foster and King Thor. Did you read Future First Fights Luna Snow? I did. So this was a really fun read because I couldn't help but think, and 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 I feel like I need to um, speak to Alyssa Wong uh at the next comic con that she's at that i that i that i that i can um speak to her at uh about whether or not what she's put into the um lyrics of this k-pop song <laughs> translated into korean whether or not they rhyme <laughs> you know whether or not the lyrics rhyme as or a, they just a, made it up for the book and just didn't matter Right. No, but exactly. Or if they do, or, or if, uh, you know, like if they're, or if translated because they don't rhyme at all, um, right. you know, there's no internal, uh, uh, there's no internal rhyme or, 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 or trying to figure out the verses. Right. But, um, but other than that little bit of uh, distraction for me, I really like this in the sense that it uh, further fleshes out the character's origin, which I'm not that familiar with. Um, we know that she's supposed to be, um, a pop star, a K-pop star, K-pop, right? And so just like so, her just like a uh, White Fox from from the last issue we talked about. She's from Future Fights uh, video game, right. and I'm not sure how much of I, I don't know. I haven't played it, it uh, when they introduce these characters, so I don't know how much is either coming from there if they even did that much, or and she just you know kind of fleshing it out a little bit more, or this is pretty much it, and you know. I was going to just mention, um, and f- uh, fans of K-pop will understand this. I understood this concept, though, uh, of just from stories that I had read about uh, K-pop academies, where mm. people actually learn to become K-pop superstars. Yes, becoming and, a, if you're an anime fan, you also know of this, you know. And uh, if you were not familiar with this concept, it's definitely put front and center in the story and how they produce um, Luna Snow's career. So it's pretty uh, uh, it's it's not ripped from the headlines, but it's definitely pulling directly from uh, real world reference when uh, this character is introduced. Right. Except for the fact of uh, or except for the, the reason how she got her powers. Oh, right. yeah. But I mean, obvious. That's obvious. I I do like the fact that her group was called Four Lit. <laughs> like it's it it it's kind of grown inducing in that because obviously Lit is a is a they're fairly recent terms. But then again, the K-pop's popularity has been kind of growing over the past probably good five ten years. Right. So you know, it's not outside the realm of possibility that that could vary. I mean, we got a group called BTS, so which could sound you know mean for something else i don't know what it actually uh, wait it, it doesn't really matter but yeah you know. but it is not behind the scenes which is what i right. take it for no, you know which if you hear those letters you know you know yeah that's what you need to think of unless you are a bts fan yeah, exactly because if you're a BTS, <laughs> you say that in the presence of bts fans you might hear uh squealing and screaming so yeah. but it was but the, as as origins go you know and granted it's a comic book it was relatively plausible like yeah there's some you know it kind of felt familiar you know 
I, I dare say kind of sort of cut and dry in a in a hero uh hero origin way in in certain respects but you know still good oh it was definitely just fun yeah. and the whole concept of the k-pop band uh kind of rallying around her made it even funnier and she obviously doesn't have very much of a secret identity to protect she's a public figure which is what we've seen in the agents of atlas stories right so yeah, it's worth it, worth a read if you are interested uh, in that right. character. And uh, the last book I've got is Tony Stark Iron Man number seventeen. Um, this is, uh, I think, the penultimate issue of uh, the Tony Stark Iron Man book. I think it's ending at twenty. I thought it was stopping at eighteen. No, I think. It, I mean, that may be the case, but I could have sworn they said twenty, and there there's a change for eighteen. That, that there's like either an artist change or something that's happening at eighteen. Okay. Well, it's definitely. I'm not. Don't quote me on that. Right. Exactly. We also go through a lot of comic book news, folks, and it's hard to remember everything we uh, we discuss. Um, but uh, this is, uh, I think, was it the creative team on 18 changes? Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what I'm remembering. I think but change on 18. But I, uh, yeah, because I know I feel like we talked about it last week. Right. Ultimately, Dan Slott's story on this book is coming to a head with um uh roadie uh, kind of uh uh dealing with some uh ptsd from his encounter with thanos and uh yeah. well it's taken a while yeah it's definitely taken a while because he had we, we haven't seen uh too much of him uh armored up in a long time right and uh, it's because of that and yeah so i had to read on that because i didn't know that part of it but i did read a little bit about that part all right so um we have uh ultron pym's uh 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 plot to uh produce another human uh fused with robot wife and that doesn't exactly go to plan but instead we have tony stark and iron man armor fused together and that is the concept that carries the story uh there's also uh what seems to be um the final turning of hank pym's uh character poor Nadia. exactly it's uh it's definitely not um a welcome uh, uh development for anyone who's a fan of hank pym i feel bad for michael douglas um <laughs> I many people who are given his background but that's another story entirely exactly exactly Especially given his um his, his uh past uh failings as a as a husband, mm. um, but because uh, because Tony Stark being the the new boyfriend of the wasp and and Hank being the old husband, that this 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 uh this little battle seems seems interesting. Sure, and that's definitely uh, that's definitely a concept that uh, Slot is running with in the story. So, um, but with any you know, but but in any event, um, this series is uh, moving towards um, the Iron Man twenty twenty uh, story uh, very quietly in the background. So we will see how far um, how far this uh, this goes with uh, developing. Uh, developing that concept and we'll see what happens to tony stark at the end of the series so and that is a, yeah so i'm seeing a 19 so i think it does go to i think it is actually going to 20 okay like we thought um 
So yeah, because I'm seeing here there is a 19 that's coming. Right. Uh, so to do my rapid fire, yours was Tony Stark, which I only have a couple left. Uh, Strike Force number two. So I know. I, wait, are you actually going to read this or no? I don't. I don't know what um, I might. You know, you can spoil it. It's fine. Eh, I mean, it's really not much to spoil. Does the team still on the um hunt for these um? Uh, I, I dare say the MacGuffin, but it's not. That's, that's, so uh, these basically some folks have been taking over um superheroes, which actually there might be a slight theme with the next book that I've gotten over. Uh, got. So they end up going to Vegas, which, uh, as we have said before, is you know a place of repute because oh and also um uh, 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 Damien Hellstrom who got killed at the um at the the outset of the last issue that's gonna get taken care of so don't worry about that mm-hmm. <laughs> but they're in Vegas still investigating the thing that they're uh that they're um that they're doing Monica Rambo you know I, I love that character already so and they she's used in good effect to this one because you know, I think at one point fairly recently in that last event book, she got, got kind of nerfed. But in this issue, it seems like she's still got a good, pretty decent, you know, a pretty good power set. Um, but it was a fun read to, for those like Jessica, you know, Jessica Drew's kind of having her moment now that they're in Vegas and she's away from her kid. So there's, there's, there's some fun to be had in this issue, but they're still supposed to be on task. But um, at the end of the issue, there's a kidnapping and... Uh, uh, you know, to, to, in an ongoing uh investigation, let's just say. Uh, I don't know if there was anything else um, to say about that one, but Contagion number four is my le- oh, yeah. The, the only other thing I was gonna say about that, Satana, who comes up, uh, uh, who is the Hellstrom's brother, apparently doesn't keep up with her brother because she made a remark about the way he was looking. Which, if you've watched, if you've been paying attention to Avengers, he's got a quite different look than he has even in his recent showings. Right. So, and she kind of makes a remark about that. I was like, well, clearly you don't, you're not keeping track of your brother. But um, anyway, okay, contagion number four, my last book. So, you know, uh, zombie fungus, street level heroes fighting it. More folks get swept up into it and some get taken over. The inevitable happens. And because of scientific curiosity, um, you know, the thing that the, the, the folks didn't want to happen happens and the, the Avengers get affected, which is probably going to cause a bigger issue next uh, next issue. Uh, but at the end of this one, we found that the, the fungus and the control of said fungus virus uh, zombie thing um, has added to its power set and not just with the people that have, has been taken up in with the virus. And Moon Knight comes up with a plan that causes that puts him in in the way of things. So we'll see how that plans out. Um, I, I want to say this is the penultimate issue, but I can't remember how many issues this was supposed to go. So well, we'll we'll find out when it is. But that is in, huh? Contagion. Yeah. Mm, forgot. Yeah, I don't either. So it doesn't matter. We'll when we when we get there, we'll get there. So that is the end of my books. Clicks of the week. Clicks of the week. Uh, and we already have two from our erstwhile partners in crime who are not here. Uh, one of them's kind of already been spoiled in the, the way of Detective Comics number 1014 from Dirt. 
Um, I don't think he's had any notes on that, but regardless, uh, Tim's is Avengers number 25. Okay. Which, interesting pick for Tim. Definitely, definitely. Oh, yeah, so so Dirt does, oh no, that's, that was you that said that. Never mind. I'm looking at, I'm looking at the back channel for... Oh, about Full Circle. Yeah, no, 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 about uh, Detective. Right. So, yeah, so now for us... Uh, I forgot yours. I'm thinking. I actually have the f- all too familiar problem of too many choices because unlike some weeks, this week was full of stuff I enjoyed reading. Yep, True. there were a lot. There are a lot of choices this week for for this particular uh, Marvel Zombie uh, to choose from. So I see what you did there. Yes, um, I'm I'm really going over the list and I'm having some issues. Uh, trying to figure out what I want to choose. Even something that I I only read very casually, like Detective Comics, had, as I mentioned earlier, a particular concept that I had not thought of ever. Mm. And I was interested to see Tomasi pull that off in spades. Um, Immortal Hawk was a trip, but it definitely it definitely kept me riveted. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at the outset of it, it's like, okay, all right, you were going somewhere with this and you got here. Now, the trip here was kind of not necessarily bumpy, but I was like, okay, that was a trip. Yes, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Um, mm. Even something like, uh, you know, Future First Fights Luna Snow number one, which you thought was kind of formulaic. I just kind of dug because the execution was well done. Oh, no, yeah, yeah, despite me thinking that, it was still great to read. It was a good rate, um, great rate, so. I mean, Amazing Mary Jane, another good pick. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm actually going to go with Amazing Mary Jane number one. It's very interesting. Of all these books, I had a ton of fun reading Amazing Mary Jane number one. Although there are a lot of close seconds. uh, Yeah. Like even Marauders, like I'm like, okay, that was a weird premise in, in, you know, going into it and still is, you know, given some. Yeah, given some of the, given some of the, uh, the the reasons for the title right so you know like all right sure we gotta it is what it is um so is that exactly going to be your pick amazing yeah amazing mary jane number one yeah can't go wrong with that one like i said i wish i had that cypress hill clip i should have spent some time trying to dig that up (laughs) you know what i'm gonna go with that one because it was either that or go with marauders um you know, but like I said, there is, like as we've said, no shortage of uh, good picks. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff out there this week, and that's, and that's just the stuff we read. Like there's some stuff we didn't get to, over that I'm sure was probably pretty decent. Like those, like uh, Curse of the Bat, uh, White Knight that I was reading, and and you know a, a couple other books on the DC front. Which, is, if you notice, it was de- uh, quite Marvel heavy this week. Which you know, Agent Seventy R and I are both more. Marvel inclined than right. than, uh, than not. That's not to say we don't read other stuff, and I don't know why I'm justifying anything. But there's some weeks that are like that. What's funny about this uh, month is that um, October is going to have a fifth week of shipping mm-hmm. comics, and I think next week is going to be a lot lighter mm-hmm. in terms of number of books. So and on a fifth week, that would that would be where a load of books that where they didn't kind of get get to, you know. In the beginning of the month, they were just like, "All right, here's the rest of the books that we're gonna we're, we're gonna get out of there." But yeah, this month and actually last month has been kind of fully loaded. So, 
uh you know we'll have a we'll, we'll have a slightly easier time <laughs> next week getting through oh. our reviews i mean unless there's something like just amazingly good happens you know comes out that week right uh, but anyway all righty so our first ad read of the night is for busted tees this episode of the comic book chronicles is sponsored by busted tees your home for funny awesome cool t-shirts that are sure to get your friends attention Busted Tees puts many of their popular shirt designs on sale each week. Choose from several eye-catching t-shirts inspired by pop culture. Uh, there are cleverly themed t-shirts inspired by movies, video games, TV shows, comic books, and geek culture, and much more are all on sale. To help keep our podcasts free for you, order from Busted Tees by going to cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast free link. Click on the Busted Tees banner and then shop for awesome t shirts. Busted Tees through cspn.us. Do it today. Now, we get into the news. Sorry, I'm off. That's all right. That's all right. I should come to expect it at this point um we are starting off with the cinematic news as we tend to do every week starting off with live action cowboy bebop production put on hold for seven to nine months due to john cho's injury so spike i heard on set apparently um oh wait it wasn't on set so he's in new zealand Deadline says that the accident happened on the last take of a routine and well-rehearsed scene, quote-unquote, a few episodes into the 10-episode production, and that Cho has returned to Los Angeles for a surgery and rehabilitation, which, wow, that must have been... That's some he must of, have really messed up his knee. Yeah, really. That's a sports injury right there. Seven to nine months. Mm-hmm. He must have torn ACLs, ECLs, PCLs, <laughs> every, really? every ligament in his knee, probably. Yeah, I'm sure there's probably another article that that goes into what actually happened, which which is it's, it's irrelevant. Just hopefully, he uh, wishes speedy recovery to the man. Yes, but uh, for fan, you know, anyone who is a fan of professionals or even just sports in general mm-hmm. knows that when 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 there's a pretty traumatic knee injury, it's a pretty long recovery process. So uh, it say knee. It does say knee. Oh, okay. I'm you sorry. have it in the notes in the. Um, Second line at the end of the second line. See that? Don't read my own notes. Great. <laughs> it's okay. Next up, uh, Taika Waititi is uh, still directing the live action adaptation of the Akira anime after Thor Four. That is good news for fans of Akira. Nope. Why? I. Okay. I I love Taika Waititi so far. He's done well. I'm not sure about that that one Hitler movie he just did, but I hear good things about it, supposedly, whatever. Um, hey, we know his Thor movie is great. Why are you doing Akira? Why? Why is anyone doing it? Don't do it. Let it go. Let, let, it, let, it, let it do its thing. That, that movie's all right by itself. It's okay. We don't need a lot of action or anything on it. Just, just, I trust you. I'm saying, but no, let it, let it go. Let it go. Anyway. That's a, uh... That's Roddy Cat doing his That's best. My solo uh, editorial, yes, but his best. No, no, his best Elsa impression. Okay, that's okay. Sure. 
Frozen. <laughs> not seen Frozen, but yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Um, Scorsese, and excuse me for bringing this up because I told myself I wasn't going to bring this up, but Scorsese and Coppola films better than Black Panther? Come on, says Disney CEO. So apparently in the number of people that they really need to stop asking their opinions on, um, uh, someone asked uh, Francis Ford Coppola um, about it and he had words about, you know, Scorsese's um, thoughts on uh, on um, Marvel movies or superhero movies in general or whatever. And apparently um, Coppola said um, that the Marvel Studio films as despicable and not cinema, calling the comments disrespectful. So you know, haterations go and just you know. I, we, oh no, you're you're quoting Mary. Wait, what? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> that. that was unintentional. But um, <laughs> but, but it still stands the reason. It's like really, come on, like, like shout out to Mary J. Blige. Anyway. Indeed, indeed. So who? Uh, but to work. What causes uh, Bob Iker, Disney's uh, CEO, to say, I'm puzzled by it. During a Wall Street Journal's conference, he says, if they want to bitch about movies, it's certainly their right. It seems disrespectful, which that's kind of a lot of people, or a bunch of people have been saying, I'm like, hey, it's their right. It also seems to disrespectful to all the people who work on those films, who are also working just as hard as the people who are working on their films, their being Coppola's and Scorsese's films, and are putting their creative souls on the line just like they are. So that's a, a, a nice meter, you know, uh, re- rebuttal from, from Bob Iker. Shout out to him for that one. Uh, but he also goes on to say, um, are you telling me that Ryan Coogler, which it was weird that he brought that particular movie, in, uh, you know. I think uh, I know why. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Totally. Totally. But, um, but I'm just saying. At first, it was like, huh? Why would you do that? But it goes on to say, are you telling me that Ryan Coogler making Black Panther is doing something that somehow or uh, another is less than anything Marty Scorsese or Francis Ford Coppola has ever done, or any one of their movies? Which valid point. And then he says, that's when he says, come on. And apparently, in the director's commentary for Black Panther, uh, Coogler screened apparently screened the movie for Francis Ford Coppola mm-hmm. because he being a big fan of his um, Cougar for Coppola and he and it says here as soon as the movie was off he said rewind it to the most important scene in the movie Coogler said the scene where everything changes I guess that's what Coppola said about Coogler when it, during screening so yeah let's stop asking these fools their opinion on 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 whatever if they don't like it whatever but like we don't have to keep asking everybody and their grandmother their opinion on what this one fool says i mean ultimately they are entitled to their opinions but it's one opinion we don't have to keep asking them for it in the sea of many right uh it's just interesting uh that uh it's always the popular. It's always the pop culture film of the day that is going to draw that kind of criticism. Yeah, and it's um, like really just because your movies you know, or whatever you're not, you know, your movies weren't seen. Your movies weren't seen at art at one point, and probably still aren't in some people's eyes. Right. Um, uh, next up, um, according to our own Bucky Sebastian Stan, Marvel's The Falcon and the Winter Soldier is going to begin filming this week. And um, it's going to feature the aftermath of uh, Steve Rogers retiring and leaving the shield to Sam Wilson. So uh, it's going to be a six-episode series. Mm-hmm. 
So looking forward to that. And can you imagine Bucky at this point? I was just going to say that kind of breaks that basically breaks down. If assuming that the shows are roughly forty to minutes to an hour, that basically breaks down into three movies. Yeah, and it, that's how they've been f- reportedly filming them. As yeah. so, yeah, yeah. Uh, as, and this and other shows, not as a as I've heard or as yeah. we've actually reported. Not to think about it. You were saying. Um, I was just say, asking if can you see anybody else as Bucky at this point? Nope. <laughs> I don't know what, what made me think about that, but sometimes it's like, yeah, yeah, he is the dude now. Um, Verizon. Oh, I was, I was going to say just just to hold on to that thought, uh, just because he made such a convincing Winter Soldier that it, it kind of felt obviously he feel he's out of place fighting against faceless. Uh, uh, alien army hordes, mm. but he was such a uh, uh, kind of an unstoppable force in Winter Soldier that you're kind of waiting for him to get back to that. Mm. I mean, but to be fair, being Winter Soldier as we know him, it's kind of not that much. Like he's kind of the, the silent dude who just runs in with guns. You know, he's you know, obviously calculated. There's more to him than just that, obviously. But you know, it doesn't. Yes, it's get, much playing, but not that much. Right. They don't get to portray him like that often. You know, right. it's every it, it's every once in a while. Like could have been Oscar Agassi, but even I don't think he was ever in the running, but I don't know. That was just a non a name that, you know. Whatever. So anyway, uh Verizon gives customers one free year of Disney Plus access. Uh the caveat being uh, and this is whether you're a new Verizon customer or a customer that has an unlimited plan. Uh, it says uh, starting November 12th, get your first year of Disney Plus on us with unlimited or when you switch to Fios home internet or 5G home internet. Uh, because I know there has been some questions about what's like, okay, like I have Verizon, that this is not an ad for them, but I'm just saying, like, could I, could I get this? And it doesn't sound like I can. No, you have to be a new customer, which sucks because no, I no, no, have no, 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 you can be an existing customer, but you like have to already have a certain plan. No, uh, yeah, you, you can be an existing uh, cellular customer, which I am not. But in terms well, of, but what, what I'm saying is, I am, but I can't get into this because I don't have an unlimited. Oh, I see. Right, you have to have an unlimited plan. Right, I have uh, I have the home service. I have FiOS at home, so um, it's wait. A, do you have Verizon FiOS? Yes, but it's only for new customers. Then no, no, oh no, because they, from what I've read, it's you can be an existing FiOS customer. Oh, that must be. I was about to say, I'll have to look into it then. I also yeah. have to mention that, just as a as an aside, it seems like uh, movies anywhere and uh, and FiOS have uh, reached an agreement to be um, uh, content uh, sharers again. Okay, which or, I guess or, or, or or movies anywhere is kind of still Disney. Movies anywhere, yeah, because it used to be Disney anywhere, right? And uh, by the way, folks, uh, if you are, I don't know if you, if you're in movies anywhere and you, um, you may have gotten emails about, Hey, your connections to other, um, uh, all your service places like Google play and, and, uh, Apple iTunes about that. Make sure you get that out of the way. Cause actually the time might, up, might be up for that. Cause it was the 20th, but. Oh, in order to re, re it's right, to reconnect yeah, to reconnect your status with those. So you can I get all the, your content. I gotcha. I gotcha. So anyway, I'm sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, that, that was it. Just that um, uh, movies anywhere has uh, reached a deal with the uh, Verizon to connect. So pray they don't alter it further. You know it will. All right. Next up, um, former 
head of Marvel Television, Jeff Loeb, is expected to leave the company in a report from Variety. Mm. He's apparently in the market for a new exclusive deal with uh, Outside Studios as a producer. He's been with Marvel since 2010 as a producer. And obviously before that, we knew him as writer of several comics. Mm-hmm. It still trips me out that he wrote, he was part writer of uh, Terminator or yeah, was it Terminator? Yeah. That was, that's crazy. That's no, crazy. was it, uh, was it Predator or Terminator? One of those movies. I think it was Predator. It's Predator, which is still tripping to me. Okay. He's been writing for a long time. Um, anywho. So yeah, that is that. And, um, you know, the story has been updated and yeah, apparently he's just, that's, it is what it is. Um, Gargoyles creator teases fan. Oh, teases. That's a weirdly weird sentence. Gargoyles creator teases fan that the series could return. Like I get it, but that's still weird. Anyway, um, apparently someone on Twitter asked Greg Weissman, who we know as the showrunner on um, uh, Young Justice also, who also used to run um, Gargoyles, if you did not know that, um, to spoil some stuff about stuff you know, that he would have used uh, if the show was still around, to which he replies, sometimes things come back. Now, we also know that uh, Gargoyles is going to be on uh, on Google, Google, I'm like, not like Google Play, um, Disney Plus uh, when it comes in next month. So I guess he's saying that maybe could be possibly coming in something in the works from that as a, as a re-up. And there has been kind of rumblings or rumors of, you know, there have been people like Keith David saying, like, hey, I'd come back if they do it. And people have been wanting Gargoyles to come back because apparently people really like that show. It's really good. Have you watched it? I've only watched like a a couple of episodes. Like, and I know it had, a, you know, the casting was great. And, you know, it was like, and it was, it went places, basically. Um, and it was kind of dark. But I, right. yeah, I was never, like, I, I can't say it was, uh, past my time because like, I was still watching like the Disney afternoon at that point <laughs> when this, so for some I, reason, watched, I missed this one I watched the first two seasons and I my understanding is that those were the best but right. I think the third season fell off and it went into a very different direction right but, uh, I didn't really get to watch that but I, now that it's back on Disney plus I'll be able to catch up on it yeah, um, yeah, Gargoyles, as you've mentioned, had a great voice cast, had lots of alumni from Star Trek. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, it was, you know, it was just very cool and had a great concept behind it. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to uh, the possibility, at least, of the show coming back, especially with renewed interest and um, uh, more more eyes on it, uh, given um, given its release on uh, streaming. Uh, look forward to that november 12th all right next up i'm gonna preface this uh next story with uh a particular sound effect and that is a matter of fact you can go ahead and take the next one two three of yeah since they're all related yeah so tickets for star wars the rise of skywalker which closes out the nine film 42 year saga really gotta rub that in suppose Uh, this December uh, went on sale this past Monday. Mm-hmm. Um, the final trailer uh, aired during halftime of the Monday night football game. And after that, um, uh, sales opened up. You can watch the final trailer online now. And um, did you happen to catch it? I most certainly did a couple of different times. 
it uh, had a chance to um, pick it apart thanks to uh, one half of the binge mode podcast hosts of online. Yeah. Um, and last, uh, the rise of Skywalker shattered the Avengers Endgame first hour ticket pre-sale record. That is not surprising, mm-hmm. given the fact that uh, the Star Wars fandom uh, is forty-two years along. <laughs> yes, and some of us are slightly older than that. Right. Um, and I will take this opportunity to say that we may or may not have movie protocol on the night that it opens because one of us has a 10 o'clock showing that night, unless somebody else is going to take over, take, uh, to do a show on the, uh, the 19th. Yes. The opening night? The opening night. Well, we'll see. I, the, I, I generally, open night, I guess. I was about to say, I generally, if I get a show, it's definitely not going to be in time for me to get back. So, yeah. And so there's there's probably, there's no way I'm gonna get back to to do a show. That's that's far. Did too you late. try to get? I was gonna say, did you try to get earlier and found yourself shut out? Uh, basically, the only tickets they had left was because when I got my tickets, it wasn't the first day. It was like the next day and that, which I knew was gonna be a problem. But right. and the only tickets, and even the tickets I got were not terribly great, but they were better than the ones for the first showing. Understood. And I don't. And since I don't do 3D, which I know those are probably going, you know out also that that, that wasn't going to work for me yeah so yeah possible movie protocol uh, on the the 19th of December stay tuned for that Uh, but what did you think of the trailer I liked it it was good there were a lot of little nods I'm really hoping that the rumor that uh, uh, Chewie bites the bullet is uh, you know uh, are false because that would be very annoying to me but also something that was in the extended universe, right? Sadly. But given the fact that I didn't, re- you know, I wasn't very invested in the extended universe, it would be, you know, as as, as you mentioned, it would probably be uh, much more tolerated by those who were up on the extended universe. Oh no, it wasn't tolerated then. They hated it. <laughs> <laughs> they hated it, especially the way it happened. But, but or, or what happened? Because you no, know, like I heard about it, and I was like, oh hell no! Why would you do that? <laughs> um so yeah I, I'm, I'm not looking forward to that aspect because somebody's got to go obviously well i mean yeah it's not like we haven't had a shortage of people that have already left you know right. um, already which of course still going to be in the film right uh uh but yeah and apparently yeah there's also the maybe possible there's a theory about 3po right Actually, meeting is in this one. I'm like, no, don't let that happen either. But but that one line he said in the in the um in the trailer was slightly ominous. Sure. No, context aside, still. So anyway, yeah. If you haven't watched it by now, and, and I don't know what's wrong with you, but if you find out be a Star Wars fan, if that's the fan, fine. And if you are, get to it. And all right. Well, if you are, you probably have seen it a half a dozen times and have picked it apart, just like a half a dozen articles and and podcasts have done at this point. Uh, Never Surrender trailer. Galaxy Quest documentary hits theaters for one day only. Um, which is you would think is a weird day to do this one, but I get it. Um, as the cult classic nears its twentieth anniversary, premiering. On, oh wait, I'm sorry, that was the premiere of the. I didn't know it did that. Premiering on December twentieth, nineteen ninety nine. Anyway, um, Never Surrender, a Galaxy Quest documentary explores how the science fiction comedy became an enduring fan favorite 
uh, I will go ahead and say that it's a movie that I have just seen probably for the first time two, maybe three years ago. Because people talk the hell out of it up. I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Anyway, November 26th, uh, only Fathom Events and Fandom presents the theatrical premiere of said uh, Galaxy Quest documentary, uh, which includes exclusive behind-the-scenes footage and a 10-minute introduction featuring cast members, members of Screen Junkies and hopefully a sober Tim Allen, who I don't care for him right now. Yeah, he can go, uh, you know, jump in a lake or something. Yeah, but hey, if you are a fan of Galaxy Quest and are so, this is not totally unlike what they did with um, the DS9 documentary, which I still need to get a, a physical copy of that. Um, is it streaming anywhere? Um, I don't believe so. Um, what? Because the last time you asked me that, I know they have like the the site that is the the shop factory who does the, who did the who did the printing and whatnot. I thought. It was on that site, but it's not. It is the panel from Comic Con. Okay. About said thing, and I don't. And the last time I checked, they do not have it streaming uh, there yet. I, I suspect it will probably be up there at some point, probably in a couple months, maybe. Oh, I don't know. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I have not. As far as I know, I have not seen it anywhere else streaming. Alrighty. So yeah, Galaxy Quest documentary. Go for it if you've to Infinity and Beyond. Wait, that's the wrong movie. Ah, um, uh, next up. Um. Uh, Nigerian animated movie Malika Warrior Queen made its first big screen debut at the 8th edition of the Lagos Comic Convention. The 15-minute film received critical acclaim and was not funded by Nigerian princes sending you emails. Oh, God. (laughs) Or was it? (laughs) No, don't do that. Uh, I shouldn't be laughing at that, but hey, that wasn't that was an obvious um so yeah so the film is an adaptation adaptation of a comic book by uh the comic creators i don't want to butcher their names but it's unique studios that's y-o-u-n-e-e-k studios like i remember seeing the um the free comic book day issue that i don't think i've still read now that i think about it no i did read it and it was all right um from last year i believe it was it was either last year or this year. I can't remember, but I don't know if it was, it was in the last couple of years that I read that uh, free comic book day. And it's probably out there in Comicsology or someplace. So you can check that out if you're interested. And it was all right. So, um, you know, I, I, I had not kept up with it. And this was, you know, sm- a smaller book. And that's not saying that's not the reason why we didn't, but whatever. Uh, so, yeah, the, apparently, as far as the film is concerned, it was produced in 10 months on a $60,000 budget by Ant Hill Studios a visual media company based in Nigeria. So that in itself is dope, you know, of, you know, films coming out of Nigeria and uh, any parts of Africa where, you know, where where stuff's being done. Cause I know there's, I don't know if it was in Nigeria or someplace else where they're doing there. There's a budding uh, film industry over there, you know, using like, uh, you know, cell phones and stuff uh, and even, you know, whatever equipment they can get and doing some, really great work so anytime you hear something like this is great you know so i don't know if it's ever going to come over here um at any point but you know here's hoping so you're unless so unless you can track that down somewhere and you're a fan of that book you will have probably fan track that down or somewhere next up um that's me in it uh jason reitman 
posts rap photo from the set of Ghostbusters 2020. So Ghostbusters 2020, I don't think that's the um that can't be the actual name of it. Is this just a working title, I assume. Um is as one would figure or has been said actually, um it's the uh, it's the, the successor to the first two actual Ghostbusters movies. So, and if not most, if not all of the original cast, minus um, um, Egon, whose whose name I actually can't remember because he has passed, mm-hmm. is returning back in, and um, uh, you know uh, other notables. No, um. Uh, well, the names are escaping me. There's there's somebody that, that I don't believe is coming back. Um, um, but I can't remember who it is, so it doesn't matter. The Keymaster, or whatever. Not the Keymaster, other dude. And I know his name. Um, Honey, I forget the kid's guy. Rick Moranis. Thank you. Yeah, there it is. Somebody. I was about to say, I would have. It was getting there. It was getting there. I'm getting old, but... Digging into the old uh, memory banks myself. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I don't think there's any word of him coming back, which, sure. But a bunch of other people are apparently booking whoop finders, and it's that part I did not know. So it sounds like they're doing the, um, like, I know they've done this in the comics. It's like, hey, the Ghostbusters is there, but I'm mentoring other folks. I don't know if that's the actual premise or not, but. So it sounds like there may be a new age of a new set of Ghostbusters, and they're in control ah. and on their own. Oh no! Yes. Shout out to Bobby Brown. No, that's not. <laughs> All right. Next up, um, having been cast as Catwoman in the upcoming Batman, Zoe Kravitz is apparently the actor in the most superhero franchises. In this article, I totally forgot about this. Right in this article, uh, the article cites that ha- now that she's Catwoman in the Batman, that's actually not her first time as Catwoman. She provided the voice of Catwoman in the Lego Batman movie, mm-hmm. and she has been in. She was the voice of Mary Jane in uh, Into the Spider Verse, mm-hmm. and uh, I forgot that she was in those very forgettable X Men movies. That one wasn't. Uh, was it the first class movie? First class, yeah. First, yeah. We like first class. There wasn't wasn't well. There was some terrible. There wasn't some. There were some bad parts about it, but it wasn't. I tend to forget a lot of the X Men stuff, and that's a good thing. I mean, you know, that's not a you know. I I'm kind of with yeah. you on it. But yeah, she she played Angel in in uh, first class, and yeah, not the winged Angel, but an Angel character that had oh, been created right. for the movie. But yeah, that was a character. I was like, I haven't read in the comics. I'm like, oh, okay, sure. All right, um, but yeah, so yes, yeah, not her first rodeo with the with the comic stuff. So just that was just an article that kind of let it put that out there. Mm-hmm. Jared Leto tried to cancel DC's Joker movie. Why didn't that happen? Why yeah. couldn't he? He, he failed and he he had one job, but apparently, I don't know. There are reports that he, I know the the, the obviously these are you know, it's hearsay. It's like he basically tried to go after the the director. Really, both away that, that I don't know. That was kind of floating around out there. Um, I don't know if this is, I don't know. So, and Jared Leto is kind of a, I don't want to say volatile, but that sounds like that might be the right word for it in in respects to certain things. But regardless, so apparently, um, Jared Leto, you know, the Suicide Squad Joker, which I did not like as Joker. You you, you would probably try to fight me for saying that, whatever. 
Um, but his portrayal of the conference is well, it's, yeah, well, people, people seem to like that one, but those people are silly. But regardless, uh, when the when the the new Joker project came up, he was none too happy about the fact that it was being done. Let's just say, uh, and according to uh, Hollywood Reporter, Leto's uh, efforts were not limited to complaining to his agents. He also asked uh, his music manager to reach out to to leaders of Warner's parent company to to stop it. So. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, uh, and apparently that may or may not have happened, and some things actually happened to that. But regardless, he kind of went some ways to try to. I guess he felt owed the part, so therefore he he felt some kind of way that it was being done without him in it. Which I feel like we may have actually heard this before when this was first announced, but I'm not sure why it's coming up now. Well, actually, we do know why it's coming up. I'm not going to move this out. Mm-hmm. So, okay, sure. All right, next up. Uh, speaking of this Joker movie, um, uh, Congresswoman uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez um, is uh, trying to get people to stop posting the Bronx stairs that uh, are in uh, apparently a now very memeable scene uh, from the movie. Um, all, they're putting, you know, people are t- getting their picture taken there um, and posting on social media. It's just becoming very popular. Mm-hmm. And um it's been and and i've never been to these stairs uh in the bronx but i had uh you know having read some stories about it obviously in um more dangerous times these were not the safest this was not the safest place to walk right which is which was why she wants people to stop getting on social media with pictures of this place right it's 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 not necessarily sacred, but basically, um, yeah, it's a it's a place of note. Uh, she says here, the Bronx is much safer now, and I'm happy to say that. But I still, but I think the way a lot of us feel is keep your Instagram posts outside of the boogie down. <laughs> this is for us, <laughs> which is you know what fair, absolutely fair. Shout out to AOC. Um, DC's Wonder Woman 1984 trailer debut date revealed. So not the trailer, just the debut. Boy, we are in a world where this is a thing. Like, hey, we got back in our day, you know, we didn't know about the trailer coming out until it came out. Yeah, it's definitely a thing now. Yeah, but we get articles on because news cycles being what it is, you know, trailers. The, the 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 release date for the trailer is news. So WB announced that the first trailer for the upcoming sequel would they do be at Comic Con Experience in Sao Paulo and Brazil on Sunday, November eighth. Okay. The trailer will premiere during a presentation in CCXP's Dunder Hall and presumably go live shortly after that because I believe there is also a panel that uh, with Patty Jenkins and folk. Gotcha. Uh, uh, that it's going to be presented at. So. Yeah, apparently only Star Wars and Marvel stuff gets uh, gets to go on because it's uh, ABC on Monday Night Football. Um, well, I mean, hey, you know, synergy, brand synergy. Exactly. So uh, next up, um, speaking of uh, DC's Wonder Woman 1984, director Patty Jenkins officially welcomed DC villain Maxwell Lord to the cast of the film uh, in a post on Twitter. Lord's going to be played by the Mandalorian star Pedro Pascal. Uh, joins Kristen Wiig's Cheetah as the film's antagonists. 
that's a weird that 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 the casting right there has always been one that's like huh yeah i see it but at the same time that's still weird the christian weird one oh yeah but hey you know we'll, we'll see when that happens so yeah maxwell lord is going to be a, a villain so now we know what pedro pascal is going to be playing um again my dc history is kind of spotty i believe is he not the one that killed blue beetle i think so but and, you know my dc history is just a spotty i'm sure it, it may probably it says here is just a league villain and i know i feel like i remember reading something it might have been like 52 or something where they did square off or she thought she killed him or something like that Wonder Woman thought she killed him or something like that, but hey, you know what? That's research for another day in time. Arrow destroyed, spoiler, to start Crisis on Infinite Earths. So apparently, uh, can I ring the bell? Uh, Sure. Uh, Arrow season eight kicked off Crisis of Infinite Earths with a literal bang by destroying Earth 2. Um, so yeah. Okay. Uh, CW's name, the namesake flagship series is now in its final series, which we already knew, building up to the, this year's massive Arrowverse crossover. Uh, after, after the events of Arrow Season 7, uh, Oliver Queen left his world, Earth 1, which, wait, you know what, not going into that, to <laughs> join the Monitor um, uh, in a quest to, is Earth 1 the, the prime? No idea. Okay, yeah. I knew you were going to ask that, and I'm like, I didn't, well, that was going to be one question, but yeah. Um, uh, in a quest to prevent the destruction of the multiverse, and apparently it already happened with Earth 2. So I was like, I feel like, I don't know, somebody from DC, you don't have to, you don't have to answer that because it's irrelevant at the end of the day. Uh, so yeah, that's the thing that's going on right now. I'm still not caught up on Air Reverse. Uh, next up. Black Lightning is raising the stakes. I was about to say, speaking of not being up on uh, Black Lightning, I was going to read this story and be like, so that's what happened last season? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I put this in here, and, and I'm still not caught up. There's spoilers for what, what has happened in um, Black Lightning, but apparently, you know, there's some things going on with, uh, with uh, Black Lightning and crew in certain... Um, uh, certain... Uh, uh, federal agencies, I guess. Let's let's just say, and I, I suspect knowing Black Lightning, there's probably even a reference to certain experiments of the past. But you know, we, I don't know because I haven't seen it yet. I want to catch up. I plan to at some point. We'll see. There's a lot of shows in that in that in the camp now that, especially since Black Lightning is now in the Arrowverse. Next right. up. Shira and the Princesses of Power adds Jacob Tobiah as non-binary shapeshifter double trouble that is a new uh uh, uh so catra's got a powerful new ally at her side so okay yeah, i don't know if this is i don't know if this is if this character is someone i i suspect is like somebody brand brand new and mm-hmm. you know and that that was already established in the canon i guess because and i'm not first on shiro's you know bench either so that's not or he man's for that matter to a certain point but regardless um. So yeah, cool. I'm not up on the, uh, the Shira, but I heard good things about it. Uh, watch Vin Diesel come back to life in Bloodshot Trailer. Have you seen this? I have. What'd you think? 
it's nothing that we haven't seen before, but I was disappointed that they didn't go full bloodshot in the trailer just to show us, you know, what it looked like. Right. Yeah. Even if it was just in shadow, you know? Yeah, Yeah, when I say full bloodshot, what I mean is the whole, you know, like white skin and red dot. I know what you mean. Yeah, that's probably something that's probably gonna be at the like, hey, coming out of the movie, he's he will be at that point. Yeah, it'll be at the end. Yeah, but yeah, so I watched this and I was like, okay, so triple X, triple X with nanites. (laughs) I like the depiction of the nanites though. I thought that was pretty cool. It was a cool effect, you know, especially when I said because when I saw it on uh, YouTube uh, before even pulling this article, I was like, huh, that's a striking picture because it was the one where apparently he got shot in the face or something and. Well, I mean, there's the up close where he's where you're looking at his hands, and I really the I I like the uh, the the special effects that they uh, conjured up to make that look convincing. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we get a little bit of what what is going to be going on during the course of that story. Which, if you know anything about Bloodshot, all one or two of you, then you know more about it than either one of us, right? Or probably anybody on this panel who here or not here, not I think about it. I don't think too many of us have read any Valiant much valiant yeah uh so right. yeah next thing that's coming away when is it, is it is it does it say when is it yeah there's no oh, something one yeah something one here yeah. yeah well i don't know we may stay tuned next up we will see uh next up it was announced that adventure time distant lands four new specials will be coming to the hbo max streaming service so for fans of cult say the thing I'm sorry? You didn't say the thing. What thing? The the, the line that's right there in the title. The, the... Mathematical? Yes. Come on, you gotta get more. You know. I don't watch the show. I know, I know. Mathematical! There okay. Go. Yeah. I anyway. mean, HBO Max, you know, uh, you know they're, they're, they're looking for content left and right. You know, they're I mean, pulling, and it is the card, pulling the one thing off of uh, Netflix for that, you know? Well, yeah, like I said, it is, you know, Adventures on its own Cartoon Network, which is a Warner property, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I think Adventure Time, the show just ended probably, what, a year or two ago? So it's still relatively fresh. Yeah, 2018 was when it, 10-season um, run from 2010 to, wait, what? That oh, yeah, no, that doesn't make sense. Never mind. That some that was, uh, The math doesn't check out, but okay. Sure. Regardless, yeah. So there you go. Fans of uh, Adventure Time, rejoice, I guess. You get a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Last in the cinematic news, um, which granted has very little to do with. Um, we have one story uh, over. Uh, actually, yeah, you're right. That's not, you're right. Because there was one I put in there earlier. I forgot. Sorry. So the penultimate <laughs> news for the cinematic part. Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas movie coming from Flight of the Concord Star. So, for those of you of a certain vintage, you know of a little um, Jim Henson production that ran on uh, HBO, speaking of, uh, back in the day. Actually, in the early days of HBO, I would dare say, called Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas. And now somebody, uh, Brent McKenzie of Flight of the Concords, I've heard of that name but i have no idea what or whatever um is going to do a movie on emin otter's jug band christmas and if i had the sound clip queued up there would have been some river bottom nightmare band going right now just so you know 
I don't even know if they even play Emmett Otter anymore. Oh, you know, I'm just like, uh, Emmett Otter. Uh, I'm looking for the right sound effect for this. Seriously, I'm just like, um. Oh man, Emmett Otter's joke, man, it was dope. I mean, granted, it's a tale that's been kind of done before, but still, or a, a similar like tale, but it was great. I loved it. Okay. Um, no problem. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this one's less known than I know. Uh, I feel like somebody out there knows Emmett Otter tripping Christmas and like watching. Magic. I'm sure they do. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like, you haven't seen it? might be on HBO Go or Max or one of those things, and maybe you'll meet at Max at some point. So, uh, since they're doing this, but apparently, um, you know, this Brett McKenzie person uh, will write the script and music for a new adaptation. And apparently, he's done some work for, um, for Jim Henson and the Muppets before. So, he's. I guess in tuned with the Muppetnessnessness. So good for him. Next and up. Right. Our last um, bit of movie news is sad news. Uh, we are sad to report that this just dropped that the Marvel live action series Cloak and Dagger has been canceled on the Freeform Network. Uh, the series aired its second season back in April. And, um, you know, it's a. Uh, you know, it, it's a shame because I actually liked the show. It was fun. And, and a few other people that I've come across have liked the show. And just an addendum, so I won't have to put it in there next week. Uh, Cloak and Decker showrunner breaks silence over show's cancellation. So there's, you know, Al will probably put that in the show notes uh, also. Cool. Uh, he goes out there on Twitter and talks about his, his feelings about it. So it sucks. Um, but we're going to get, we're going to see these characters on Runaways. We would, yes, we are because that crossover is coming relatively soon. Mm-hmm. I mean, and granted, the season is going to end out, so I mean, right. whatever you know, you kind of hate it because if they, you know, these sudden cancellations like this, and they probably had a, a um, you know, I don't know if they had time to kind of be like, well, we need to end this, or it's just going to be cliffhanger, you know, if they had one set for the for the end of this. Not knowing, but again, I think a lot of shows now kind of build that in. It's like, well, we we may don't know if we're going to come back next season, so we're kind of end off, right? At a certain point, you know. So I don't know. We'll see how that turns out. You know. Alrighty, and people I are speculating that it's going to end up on um, Disney Plus, and and I I don't know how confident well, I'm over time, but yeah. But it, it all it could, depends you know. on yeah. I was gonna say it all depends on uh, the direction that Foggy wants to take it because they're probably going to look to start as fresh as possible with Marvel Television now. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've kind of seen this stuff in the past where you know with the with the animated shows also. Mm-hmm. So it, this is you know it's not outside the realm of possibility. That's why we got uh, Avengers Assembled now as opposed to uh, you know Earth Mightiest Heroes getting canceled and yeah, I'm still kind of bitter about that but whatever. Oh yeah, absolutely. Although we are getting Earth's Mightiest on uh on uh, Disney Plus if I'm not mistaken. We are. Yeah, we talked about that last week. We're also getting that 190s Avengers show with uh, <laughs> a little scene Tigra. Oh no. Anyway, <laughs> that was a terrible show, but yeah, I barely watched. Yeah. Barely, although I remember that thing all those so all those '90s shows, they you know they were kind of along the same. The Fantastic Four, Civil Surfer, they all kind of had that little their their little formula. The, the Avengers one and the and the Iron Man one, which again, Force Works could have been. But what I was going to mention about that is that was the uh, genesis of the armored look for uh, Falcon. Yes. 
So that's what I remember. That uh, that's what I distinctly remember. Mightiest Heroes show. Yeah. Uh, no, not Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Um, the nineties one. The, um. Yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. 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 All right. So we're gonna transition now into uh, comic book news. Yep. Meanwhile, at the Hall of Justice. Wonder Woman unraveling thanks to Cersei in Justice League Dark uh, number 16 issue. Oh, and this will be the time that I will go ahead and say that um, January 2020 solicits are out. So some of this news uh, is coming off of that. Um, this not being one of them, but just just get ahead of that. Uh, deep in the basement of the archives of the Hall of Justice, home to the most dangerous magic to the Justice League of Recounted Desert uh, Artifacts. So, Bonfoy corrupt the world in half because they don't have enough going on with um, Perpetua and whatnot. Uh, Cersei knows it's there in, in Justice League at her side. Nobody can stop her from obtaining it. The witching war strikes close to home, which, wait, is that still going on? Because that was the thing that started this whole Justice League Dark, this, this volume. Don't know. Regardless, that's a thing. Those preview pages you can check out if you're so inclined. Alrighty. Next up, um, the landmark Wonder Woman number 750 is going to be uh, released at com- in comic book stores on January 22nd, 2020. Um, it's a 96-page tribute to uh, Wonder Woman, and it's going to have stories from uh, lots of writers, such as Greg Rucka and Gail Simone, as well as um, Vida Ayala and Marguerite Bennett. And um, there's going to be plenty of artists on it as well, uh, including, I don't know if you have this as a separate story, but my understanding is that George Perez is going to do his farewell uh, uh, story to um, Wonder Woman in this book as well. And uh, that's what Gail Simone is scripting. Right. The, um, I, it might be in this, and I thought I, I may have seen the article, but it may not have pulled it. Okay. Um, but yes, you see the cover by Joel Jones uh, if you're watching the video, which you should sometimes because, hey, you can see some stuff. Uh, Bendis promises Superman's identity reveal is not a fake out. So, yeah, apparently Bendis is killing off uh, Clark Kent, and it's not a hoax, it's not a ploy. And whatever else they usually say. In Are we going to get a one more day of, out of that eventually? Oh, Jesus. Wait, was that him? Did he do one more day? No, but I'm just saying. I know, I know. But uh, yeah. wait, wait. that sounds like a genie him. back in the bottle at some point? Yeah, I mean, probably. But it won't be won't be him and won't be probably anytime soon. According to this, because he says, um, and I quote, I don't do fake out stories. Uh, Been explained. I did a story where Devil Devil was outed, a different kind of outing. But that was his reality for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody who's been in contact with him is going to have a completely different perspective and reaction. To this. this is true, especially with what's going on in Lois Lane. But that's a whole little side point, I guess. Even if that if that book even addresses it. But hey, Superman 18 is due out uh, December 11th, followed by Superman Heroes and some other stuff. Um, we'll also start dealing around. And apparently there are other writers who are like a fraction of another uh, and Greg Rucker or whatever are quote unquote hundreds of story pages in so they will be reacting to this. So okay. someone I mean so someone will probably you know I'm sure we'll be talking about it. Sure. Yeah. Next. We'll see. Um, so James Tinney in the fourth is going to be taking over Batman in January, and he has an incredibly emotional story 
um, up his sleeve for the character. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not 100% sure I'm going to stay on Batman. I may, you know, I'm definitely going to give um, the book a try because it's going to be with uh, Tony Daniel on art. So it should be pretty cool to, to look at. Um, so we will see where Tinian takes the book from here. And I feel like to see that emotion, I feel like that's what King was trying to do with his run. Mm-hmm. It just so, took a while to get there. And I think that's what frustrated a lot of readers. Right. But the fact that, you know, Tinian's come along and saying he's going to do something that presumably also was trying to be done, you know, I could say something about the state of Batman fandom, but we won't do that. Mm-hmm. Scott Snyder exiting Justice League in January. So, again, coming from the solicits, um, Scott Snyder, Super Scar Scribes, not Scott Snyder, say that five times fast, says farewell to the Justice League with a special story that winds down all of the things he started in issue one. And the boy was, if I remember correctly, was a lot, especially with what's going on now. Right. Uh, and now it's towards everything that comes next in the DC universe. Snyder's next plans aren't announced, although we did talk about that the thing he's doing with Capullo, which is the spiritual successor to Dark Knight's metal. Uh, so, yeah. So, Justice League 39 will be Snyder's, and uh, actually, I'm going to take this next one because it's also going to be. Yes. Because it's also going to be the last for Jorge uh, Jimenez, who is also exiting the book on that same issue to do something bigger coming, which is a cute picture of him and his kid in Superman attire. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, says, friends, doing my last Justice League issues too, but I'm so happy and so grateful to be able to work in one of the pillars of DC Comics uh, series, sharing with the great artists and the amazing uh, and the amazing and bro, Scott Snyder. I hope you enjoyed our super epic last issues. It was what he says. So I don't believe there is any word on who's coming on to the book after this. But we are, I'm sure we will find out. Or maybe it is. It might be this next one. No, not. it's not the next one. Which is? Uh, DC's Birds of Prey ongoing has been cut to a 96-page one-shot that's going to come out at the end of January 2020. So, yeah. So apparently, yeah, that ongoing is now what they said and I don't believe there. Yep, there's no reason has been that's been given for it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, next up, Black Canary cannot ignite is a graphic novel um, from New York Times bestselling author uh, Meg Cabot, who apparently wrote The Prince's Diaries. Um, it is, sounds like it is a yeah. 13-year-old Dinah Lance uh, knows exactly what she wants, who she is, and where she's going. First, she'll win the battles of the bands with her two best friends. I wonder if that has anything to do with that um, that volume of Black Gunner, which is a very good book. You should read it. It's tr- pretty good. That um, I can't remember who wrote it, who was the creative team. Regardless, uh, then she'll join the Gotham City Police Academy, so she'll solve crimes just like her dad. Who knows? Her rock group of friends... May even save the world, but first they'll agree, need to agree on a band name. Um, so yeah, that is a uh, graphic novel that is coming actually next week, ten twenty nine. So if you are so inclined to get that for your young one, do so. Next, alrighty. So in uh, flash forward number two, which I have not read, um, same here. 
The Flash took on the DC equivalents of the Avengers and X-Men and won pretty handily, although we did not see, I don't believe, um, some of the more powerful members, uh, the analogs for the more powerful members of the teams. Hmm. And the, the article goes into question the same question I had. Who are DC's Avengers and X-Men stand-ins? Because DC's... It's I like mean, all the yeah, I mean, Avengers is obviously we know who that is, but the the X Men one was like, huh. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's you know that is that neither one of us have read it yet. Go figure. Uh, DC introduces new Prestige Plus format in 2020. So this basically sounds like what um, the Black Label is now, to a point. So it says here, Prestige Plus is a new name for a format that DC introduced earlier this year for some of its black uh, DC black label titles. Squarebound comic books that measure um, eight, I guess eight and a half by ten, uh, eight seven five, and come with cardstock covers. If you picked up the print editions of Superman Year One or Joker uh, Harley Criminal Insanity, you've already seen the format, but now it has a name. So how does it differ from the from DC's longstanding prestige format? Uh, well, size difference. So that's about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the upcoming Joker Killer Smile and the question deaths the death of Big Sage, which you I think pretty sure we talked about last week, will be solicited under this new format. So okay. All righty. Um... Next up, He-Man Unite in He-Man and the Masters of the Multiverse first look. Okay, I did not know this was coming. Yeah, well, we talked about it in person. Because um, I think, yeah, we talked about it a couple of months ago. I know uh, that this was coming. Uh, so, yeah, so there's a preview page for it. And I guess this is coming in. It must be a January thing. All righty. Uh, because you can see the pages here and there's not going to scroll down that much farther, but yes. So I'm really given the, the stuff that's been going on in that part of the universe, some of which I still need to catch up on. And some of the stuff I have caught up on, it's interesting to a point. And I guess this was something like this was bound to happen. Um, next up, Sarah Beatty. I, I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing that name right. Beatty or Beatty? I'm going to go with Beatty. Uh, zooms into comics for sex positive sci fi money shot. Mature warning. So, says here, um, space exploration has been a dream for mankind for centuries, but here now we can travel in space. The only thing holding us from doing that is money. Tim Seeley has found a possible answer to that porn. Okay. In a secret weapon of sorts to tell that story, comedian actor Sarah Beatty. Um, Beatty has apparently written for Saturday Night Live, uh, and she's popular on Twitter. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know this person. So sounds interesting. Yep. Next. Uh, the upcoming the upcoming Deadpool relaunch has hit a little snag, and Marvel has shifted the first two issues back on the schedule. So the debut issue is now set to release November twentieth, uh, a week later uh, than originally solicited, and um, uh, number two is moving two weeks from December fourth to December eighteenth. Really, not that big a deal. No, not really. 
but eh, whatever. What is a big deal? Not really. Uh, Rob Liefeld exits Marvel after tweeting about shady practices, business practices. You know what? After running your mouth off that, it's probably good that you were leaving because you probably weren't going to get too much work after that. Rightfully. Hmm. Anywho, um, he says, so this is my last original cover for Marvel for the foreseeable future. Uh, if I was Marvel, I'd be the black ball is behind forever in the day. But I know it's probably not going to happen. That's just me editorializing. Uh, after doing 100 covers for the last few years, I'm taking a pause. Um, I'm not continuing any interiors as I've put those on hold as well. Jaja um, Snake Eyes and Creator Owns are on the desk, he says. So, okay. So, yeah, no more Marvel work for him for a while, which probably is good riddance. I was about to say, it's just another stage in the cycle, the never-ending cycle of Rob Liefeld not getting along with other people in the comic industry. Mm-hmm. Um, which, yeah, he was doing that uh, Major X books, like, book, mm-hmm. I guess. Which, so I'm guessing that that's probably dying, too, hopefully. Right. So, you know, next. Right, the next story is basically going to echo stuff that I heard and uh, that I heard in person from uh, writer Benjamin Percy at New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. Uh, this article that we're referencing in our news story is about um, Benjamin Percy and how his Dawn of X Wolverine title in the new year is going to dive into a deep, dark well of violence and atonement. Um, okay. I was going to say you skipped one, but that was me switching the order. <laughs> no. I'm like, no, you just talked about Rob Liefeld. So yeah, I know. I know. Cause I had all that stuff together, but I thought that other one that I had up is, was before this. So never mind, Keep going. No, it's okay. I, I, I was just going to say that's, um, it, you know, it's stuff that I've spoken about before having, you know, spoken to Ben Percy at length, um, and, and, uh, having shared it on the show that, um, you know, he's definitely um, sold me on his take on the book, and he's putting a lot of his um, uh, character, his own character, into the book, which is which sounds like it's going to be a very fun take on Wolverine. Hmm. I see. The bigger problem is my link was busted. Ah, okay. Or rather, I had copied the wrong link. To, I copied the link somehow, stupidly. But yeah. So yeah, that's the thing. And I know you've been you kind of stoked about this book. Yes, I'm excited. Definitely excited. So, cool. Next up on the X-Fronts, uh, boop, 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 boop. The um, X-Men, the, well, yeah, that Ultimate Marvel Universe theory has officially been addressed. Um, wait, is this? I read this and it was funny. Okay, why do I have this in that many times? So, yeah, so apparently there was a theory um, saying that because of the type of font that was being used, and I know we have talked about something like that in the past with um, something similar back, like that in the past with uh, Hickman's uh, new X-Men run. I mean, new new uh, Avengers, wait, this is Avengers run? Mm-hmm. But, so apparently so he was asked um, about his choice of fonts, and people were basically saying that it's a goes back to... Um, the Ultimate Universe's X-Men and has some ties with that. Um, Hickman says, nah, just was better on space, so he went with that. That's all. There's, there's nothing else to it. Just space. It, it's good. for it, it was a pretty funny debunking of this particular conspiracy theory. Yeah, it, it came up on our show. Yeah. 
so yeah like i said we, we've we've kind of mentioned it in the past i'm like huh all right yeah that, that's it sometimes uh, you know what sometimes, yeah, sometimes it's it's cigar. straightforward <laughs> sometimes it just is so pragmatic and practical to you know to be you know it, you can't believe it but that's what it was right the uh, funny part of, the other part the funny part about it is was what he says here uh he basically goes on and says like yeah we didn't end up using helvetica that the, the, the fonts use uh, they were not users, but, 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 but he was like, uh, I like looking at a page and seeing the finished art, not the word balloons. Fight me. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like he said it just like that. But right. I believe it. I believe it. Next up. Uh, so we discussed this book earlier. We, yeah, we, did ring, right, we did ring the spoiler bell, but there was a big secret behind Kate Pride's mission in the Marauders book. So um, we're not going to spoil it, but definitely, definitely it's an intriguing um, uh, premise for uh, the start of this book. Yep. Uh, New Age for Mutants dawns in the dawn of X. So basically this is um, the trade paperback is coming out. Uh, and this was an article stating just that uh, it's going to be twenty four ninety nine. Uh, it is going to be basically the number one issues of all the new books that are coming out. So, which seeing that we're just too deep into that right now, then you know, still early yet. But uh, then wait, when is it coming? Well, probably what January, February. I don't, yeah, because those books uh, are are still like is it coming out? So it'll be shortly after that. So check that out if you feel inclined. Next. Next up, um, Felicia Hardy gets her claws into Spider-Man in the upcoming Black Cat Annual Number One. Um, it's a pretty funny um, tease because the cover makes it look like um, uh, Spidey and uh, the Black Cat are getting married. Mm -hmm. And um, which, if you're watching the video, you can see said 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 uh, cover. Right. And uh it's out uh it's out very soon actually, uh November thirteenth. It's written by Jed McKay with art by Natasha Bustos, Juan Gideon, and Joey Vasquez. So it is sure to have some strong art, and I'm pretty sure there's a J Scott uh J. Scott Campbell um cover for this book as well. There it is. <laughs> There it is. If anyone wants, You're welcome. There you go. Yes, exactly. It's because it was it was bound to happen. But no, nah, I've never seen that. Um, so yeah, we had kind of teased this prior to this, and now we have a little bit more information and and covers of it. So yeah, it's and coming. it's written by it's written by the regular series writer, so it should be a good story and be consistent with what we've read so far. Yep, that checks out. Marvel launches new Daily Bugle title led by Robert Robbie Robertson meaning the book, not the writing of it. Um, so apparently it's five issues is going to be tackling events. So it's going to be another miniseries that's kind of spinning out of um, uh, Amazing Spider-Man. And uh, see, this tale will be a chock full of twists and turns as the Daily Bugle digs into the past to uncover the Daily's truths. Guiding us on this winding journey will be Matt Johnson, who is the writer uh, who will be making his Marvel Comics debut, as well as Mac Chatter, known for his acclaimed uh, work on books like Black Panther and the Crew. Oh, man. Man. What? Man. Bringing back memories? 
Yes. Catching feelings? No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Die to doggone young. Anyway, so this would be one story worth chasing, and you can read about it this January. So, yeah, so that's another miniseries. I was going to say, it's going to be very different from what we expect from a Daily Bugle because it's not a newspaper anymore. Well, this is also true, but I but I suspect it's probably going to be similar because I know there has been Daily Bugles surrounding, uh, like, um, um, stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. I suspect this is probably going to be somewhat similar to that, if anything. But we will see. Um. So yeah, that's the All thing right. that's coming. Next up, um, even Marvel's characters are sick of poorly written women. This is a reference to a book that was both of our clicks of the week. Mm-hmm. Um. We're talking about the amazing Mary Jane number one. So we've discussed that at length so we can move on. Yeah, pretty much. But uh, you should check out the book. And yeah, this article kind of goes into that. The title pretty much says enough. Um, Forget man thing. Meet Marvel's next hero, Manslaughter. Oh, there's... I wish I had like a groan for how corny that sounds. I probably yeah, because when I read it, I could have provided one right then and there because it was it was totally groan inducing. However, I'll just do this. Hey, boo! boo! <laughs> I didn't really like it. Now, granted, we haven't seen the book yet, so right. I'm not, I'm not and it's also by Ben Percy, who got me so excited for Wolverine, but I'm I'm hesitant to be on board for this simply because of the name one and two. It feels like this is like the natural evolution of the idea between let's do something that crosses Wolverine and the Hulk, you know? You mean like Hulk Wolverines, which you loved? Well, I love the title. <laughs> Hulk book. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> but yeah, well, so well, the one thing, so you don't have to worry because it's only going to be a, a one shot. Um, and it's called Weapons Plus World War Four, and it will and it will introduce manslaughter, a newly revealed creation, coincidentally, of the Weapons Four program using the same serum which turned Ted Salas into the Man Thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, there's solicits for it because yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's sure. I'm like, I feel like that's something that could have used it of Infinity Warps or something. I don't know. Like, it's I know Sergeant Rock is a different company, but Sergeant Rock and and Man Thing put together or something. Right. I mean, I guess in this case it would be Nick Fury, but whatever. Um, anyway, Spider Man hulks out for Immortal Hulk one shot comic. So, um, yeah. Spidey's turning green. He looks more like a big ninja turtle with Spider-Man clothes. Um, but apparently, uh, in January, it's going to be one shot. Written by Tom Taylor and George Molina. Sees the Hulk find the new host after ditching Bruce Banner for Peter Parker. Uh, which I kind of want to give some credits to something that happened to, to a page in... Um, uh, it has anything to do with a page from Immortal Hulk, but I doubt it. Well, while Bruce immediately thinks he's finally rid of the Hulk, the Jade Giant still lurks at night. So, again, like we just said for, for the man thing, you know, it's two things mixed together. Mm-hmm. Yay. Um, January 29th, 2020. Catch it. All right. 
Uh, speaking of something else that's supposed to debut on January 29th, 2020, um, Marvel has announced a new series, uh, five issue series, um, that is going to delve back into the, uh, old man Logan storyline, store, uh, era that is. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's going to be Avengers of the Wastelands. And it involves, uh, Daniel Cage wielding Mjolnir and teaming up with other characters to fight uh you know just you know just a uh hold on oh it's gonna lead she's gonna lead an avengers lineup consisting of old man logan old man hawkeye and old man quill to fight dr doom who apparently is not old man dr doom right but i'm sure that book will probably be coming now the, the thing that kind of messes me about this now you've been keeping score and some of you probably haven't danielle cage uh, daughter of Luke Cage and and, and Jessica Jones, um, in a future ends up being Captain America. Right. So this, uh, I don't know if, like, granted, some would say, you know, hey, a parallel dimension timeline, multiverse type situation. I don't know, but as far as I remember, they that uh, Captain America thing was Prime Universe, if I'm not mistaken. So this thing right here is weird. Um, but hey, it is what it is. Comics that stuff happens, so you can see the cover here. And you know, Ed Brisson's writing it. Uh, Jonas Scarf is doing the art, and the date has already been given. I don't know that old man stuff. I don't know. Like I was reading Old Man Hawkeye, and I'm all right. Old Man Quill, I haven't checked out. You know, and I feel like there was something else outside of Old Man Logan that was kind of set in that era. That that's kind of still around but not but anyway regardless that's a thing there you go next oh you got it oh yeah um miss marvel looms over marvel's avengers and poster for square enix's game so yay so you, you're watching the video you can see the um the poster for marvel's avengers game um nice looking poster you have the, the avengers you know just like the the core core Avengers group minus one Hawkeye um, if we're going by the movie version that mm-hmm. is uh, and uh, off the side you see uh, Miss Marvel kind of uh, on her own in sh- not in the shadows but just kind of sharing half the page it's cool alright yeah May 15th folks 2020 catch it next in more video game news, Respawn Entertainment's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order has officially gone gold ahead of the game's November release. So these are pre-sales. So uh, good for them. Well, so yeah, going gold meaning it's it's done. Uh, well, it, quote unquote done, and it's ready to be pressed up and shipped out to stores physically if they when they do that. Obviously, and also this is probably the version that's going to be you know physically and digitally. Distribute it when it comes out uh, November 15th. I'm kind of looking forward to it. Um, I'm hoping it's not as broken as WWE 20, as, as I've seen from screenshots. I heard, I was about to say, I heard something about, I mean, not to. Oh, it's bad. It looks I would say not to, not to, uh, not to, uh, 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 deviate from, from us wrapping up comic book news, but why is it so broken? What's, what's the deal with that? Well, okay, so not to get into a long rant on this, but we are in an age where video games just come out broken and they'll fix it later. Um, Notoriously, games like WWE, like stuff that gets done on almost a um, 
on on yearly braces uh, uh, basis mm-hmm. kind of also suffer that either they don't do a whole lot but they still come out broken or you know something happens in the case of WWE um there was a little bit more to it in that the basically the the company the, the developers that were doing the games all this time is no longer on it half was basically got off of it halfway through this project so which means that uh 2k finished it up themselves okay yeah and it was already when even when they were doing it you know it was broken and because this the devs were trying to do their own things but 2k wouldn't let them do it so 2k was like all right you know what you're off of this because and the, the company's going to do their own wrestling game um you know they're working on now so basically they so basically, 2K or whoever they had slaving it away had to finish it up with the old engine that the company that they were doing its engine. Okay. So that in itself uh, introduced some issues, which it, that game was already kind of broken, like coming out broken anyway, in the, from, by respects, but not as broken as apparently this one is. So, is there any particular aspect that we can cite? Um, I mean, there are there's videos and people tweeting about the specific glitches that happen. In fact, I, I think I retweeted one where like characters would just glitch out and skill go spasmatic during the course of a match if a lot of a lot of stuff is on screen or whatnot. Okay, so it's kind of things like that. And like I said, the games have already had issues in previous years anyway because mm-hmm. of X, X, Y, and Z. But this was particularly bad. I got you. And like I said, I, it's kind of sad that we're already in a, in a world that's like, hey, ship it and then we'll fix it later. And then people have to have to deal with a broken uh, game until it gets fixed, if it ever gets fixed in a lot of cases. Gotcha. Okay. So, yeah, but this one's, yeah, like I said, particularly, like I said, you can go seek that out. It's on Twitter. All, you know, you, you know I, I know I definitely tweeted something um, or retweeted something like a day or two ago. I probably saw something, but it just I have just didn't know what it was. Right. It just escaped me, right? and I didn't bother to click on like a video link to see what was broken. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, but, but it's it, it, like, granted, it's hilarious results, but still, that's it's real sad, right? So, anyway, uh, Jedi Final Order coming out next month. Hopefully, it's not broken. Um, Earth Wars GI Joe and Cobra battle the Transformers a new trailer. So, this is for Transformers Earth Wars, which is another mobile video game. Uh, they're doing an um, an update which will add GI Joe vehicles. Oh, excuse me, it will add GI Joe vehicle versions of Soundwave, Hound, Jetfire, and Skywarp to the tower defense title. So it made it sound like GI Joe's was actually going to be in here. Um, and actually, maybe that's the case. It says a new new trailer showing the Joe's and Cobra entering the fray alongside uh, Autobots and Decepticons. So it's basically Transformers versus GI Joe all over again. Probably not. That's funny. Yeah. Next. All right. Speaking of something else I'm not familiar with, Netflix hit Agretsuko is going to get a comic book series in 2020, in February 2020. Um, it's about an office worker who can only truly be herself singing death metal at her local karaoke bar. Right. So basically, this anime in um, Sanrio, if you don't, if you're not familiar, is Hello Kitty. Is this in that same universe? And this is a character from that same universe and it's an anime that's uh, a bunch of people like on um netflix surrounding this particular character not hello kitty and yeah so i've seen some people very excited about this book coming out okay you know because they like the show so. um alarms go off for invisible kingdom number six preview so this is the book with um uh g willow wilson and christian ward 
uh, six issues in that is coming out at the end of this month or next week to be specific. Um, so you, there's preview pages for that if you're so interested in this book. I know we've kind of mentioned this book uh, like when it was first announced, but right. that was a few months ago. So check that out if you're so inclined. I, I like both of those. That, the creative team. Like, what can I say? Although I've not checked out this book. Um, so next up. Um, so uh, a book that has been, I guess, on, on hiatus is going to be back with Moonshine, a number 13, due out November 13th. This is by 100, 100 Bullets creative team Brian Azzarello and artist Eduardo Russo. So uh, they're coming back with a new story arc um, with uh, issue number 13. And uh, it's going to involve uh, the series protagonist reaching New Orleans in search of a cure for being a werewolf. And if that uh, raises your interest, good for you. Exactly. And um, um, there's no good transition from that except for, hey, give us another ad read. (laughs) All right. Our last ad read of the night is for my comic shop. Today's podcast is sponsored by My Comic Shop. Go to cspn.us, then click on the Keep Our Podcasts free link at the top of the page. From there, click on the My Comic Shop banner and order from a vast selection of new releases, back issues, vintage classics, graphic novels, and more to be delivered right to your door. Why bother schlepping to the local comic book store, but you should, when you can order your books online, unless there's no local comic book store, and then this is vital for your comic book needs. Or comic My comic shop through cspn.us, because you need those paper copies. Do it today! Support your local comic shop. Again, we can't stress that enough. If you can. There you go. There are some places that can. And with that, folks... We are at the end of another exciting episode of this here show. Uh, thank you, each and every one of you, for coming out. Um, we will be back next week for this look. Well, wait. Mm-hmm. Wait, is movie protocol next week? Oh. No, but it's Halloween. Oh, it actually falls on Halloween. Yes, yes. <laughs> this year, Halloween don't didn't fall on a weekend, but close enough. Um, so yeah, so we, I don't know, we may or may not have a show. I don't know. We'll, we'll talk about it. We'll do. So you can check us out on our individual Twitters to find out whether we're going to have a show that night or not. I don't, right. I'm certain I don't have any plans, but we'll see. Uh, so for that information, um, you can go to my Twitter, Radicat at Twitter. That is me. Um, news News need on Twitter. That is also me. Um, um, CB Caps on Instagram. That is also me. Uh, Agent underscore seventy on Twitter, and Instagram. Still doing this Inktober stuff. Go check him out on Instagram. Yep, yep. PC underscore Dirt on Twitter. Uh, Pop Culture Net on Twitter. Pop Culture Network. Network dot com and all of his umbrella sites therein. Tim D O G G nine eight on Twitter, C B Cron on Twitter. That is the Comic Book Chronicles uh, podcast account, which hopefully is being um, updated. I don't actually. I don't really know. Need to really check on that. Um, D Click Nation on Twitter. That's D K L I Q N A T I O N. The and dclicknation dot com, which is another site that we need. I need to talk to him about so we can probably update some stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and also, comic book resources where he's over there writing his face off. Go give him that man some clicks. Read the stuff. He does some good work over there. Uh, we are all part of the Cold Slither Podcast Network. You can go check us out in other podcasts um, at CSPN.us. Do it today. We are also on Google Play, Apple iTunes, aka Apple Podcasts, also Spotify, and the Cold Slither Podcast Network's SoundCloud page. And again, like I said, we may possibly be back next week. Stay tuned to the Twitters. We'll let you know uh, where that goes. Uh, but if if we don't have a show, happy Halloween. Be safe out there because I know people I think people are doing something. Have been doing something this week tonight. I don't know. It was weird from what people have been telling me. I don't know. Regardless, this is the Comic Book Chronicles, folks. Peace. Peace. We out. I love it when a plan comes together. <laughs>